It's Red Sox baseball time. How do you do once again, ladies and gentlemen, from Fenway Park, the home of the Red Sox in Boston? Tonight, game number two of this four-game series between the Red Sox and the Detroit Tigers. Technically, the Red Sox still are in first place by less than one percentage point over the Tigers. Actually, the two teams are in a virtual first-place tie. With Baltimore now two games out, Baltimore idle tonight. And the New York Yankees three and one-half games up. The Red Sox, 13 games over 500, have a percentage of 545. And Detroit, one up on the Red Sox in the win column, and one behind the Red Sox in the loss column. Also, 13 over 500 have a percentage of 544. We have a cool but comfortable night here tonight, and uh, again, we have a very brisk wind. In fact, uh, this wind tonight will be the strongest of the last three nights, and both last night and the night before, it was a good brisk wind. Right now, it's blowing in from center field, but it's uh, kind of a whirlpool type of wind, and it's shifting that flag all over the flagpole in all directions from time to time. Tonight, Billy Martin, the manager of the Tigers, is going with a relief pitcher as his starting pitcher, Chris Zachary. He's made 22 relief appearances this year, has not started the ball game. Detroit has been shy of pitching, particularly starting pitching, all year long. And so as a spot starter tonight, Martin is forced to go with Chris Zachary. He's a right-hander. The Red Sox tonight will use one of their regular starters, but uh, one who has... Uh, but only fairly effective in recent starts, Lynn McLaughlin, a right-hander. His record shows seven wins and six losses with an earned run average of 3.23. Zachary's record is one win, no losses, with an earned run average of 0.93. He's been a fine relief pitcher for the Tigers this year. He throws the standard assortment, fastball, curveball, slider, and straight change. He used to be in the National League with the Houston Astros. In the Tiger camp, uh, this news today, Bill Freehand suffered a hairline fracture of a thumb last night when he when he uh, tagged out Kyle Yastrzemski on a play at the plate. Yastrzemski brushed by him and uh, gave him a pretty good jolt. So Freehand is out indefinitely. However, Billy Martin did tell me that, he, that Freehand would be available to pinch hit. Catching tonight will be Duke Sims, a left-hand hitter. A catcher the Tigers picked up from the Dodgers a couple of months ago. The Red Sox lineup is the same as it has been for the last several nights, with Dwight Evans again in left field. I'm Dave Martin with Ned Martin and our engineer Al Walker, and I'll be back with the official batting orders and lineups right after this. Well, the Baltimore Orioles, idle again tonight, remain in third place, two games off the pace in the American League East. And Oriole manager Earl Weaver has a formula for getting the Orioles back to the top. He says if Boston and Detroit split their remaining six games, and the Orioles take three straight from Boston, the Birds will be chirping again. So, of course, there's plenty of optimism as far as manager Earl Weaver is concerned. And as it stands, the Red Sox, 78 wins, 65 losses, a percentage of .5454, the Tigers, 79 and 76, their percentage... Point five four four eight. The Orioles 77 and 68, two games back, three out in the lost column. The New York Yankees 75-69, four back in the lost column, three and a half games out. Cleveland 66-80, 13 and a half games back. And the Milwaukee Brewers have won 60 while losing 86. They are 19 and a half games back and of course out of it in the American League. 
orders now for the visiting Tigers, the battery Zachary and Sims in the batting order. Dick McCall will lead off and play second pitch. Gates Brown in left field, batting second. Willie Horton in right field, hitting third. Norm Cash, the cleanup hitter, he'll play first base. Duke Sims will do the catching and bat fifth. Mickey Stanley in center field, hitting sixth. Aurelio Rodriguez at third base, number seven hitter. Eddie Brinkman at short, hit eighth. And the number nine man, the pitcher, Chris Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y. And for the Red Sox, the battery McLaughlin and Fisk in the batting order, Tommy Harper will lead off and play center field. Joey Aparicio at short. Carl Yastrzemski at first base. Reggie Smith in right field. Rico Petrocelli at third base. Carlton Fisk will do the catching. Dukes, uh, Dwight Evans will be in left field and hit seven. Doug Griffin will be at second base. And Lynn McLaughlin will do the pitching. The Red Sox batting order quickly again. Harper, Aparicio, Yastrzemski, Smith, Petroselli, and Fisk. And then Evans, Griffin, and McLaughlin. The Red Sox have taken the field. Lynn McLaughlin on the mound. He's 1-0 against Detroit in two starts. He beat Detroit on the 30th of July at Tiger Stadium. He held the Tigers scoreless for eight and one third innings here in Fenway on June 29th, but did not figure in the final decision. It was rallying for a victory. He worked 16 innings against Detroit this year with a 3.380 RA against the Tigers. He's four and three in Fenway Park. Now, our national anthem. tonight. Larry Barnett will be behind the plate. Dave Phillips at first base. Nestor Shylock at second. And Jim Evans will be at third base. McLaughlin is getting in his warm-up throws. The Yankees are playing at Cleveland tonight. The Baltimore Orioles are idle. In the Yankee-Cleveland game, the pitchers are Steve Klein for the Yankees and Gaylord Perry for the Indians. On the Red Sox press sheet tonight, they list for tomorrow either Sonny Siebert or Mike Nagy. Mickey Lowish will go for the Tigers tomorrow, a lefty, for the 20-13 and 13 record. However, he's been in a slump of late. He's won only two of his last nine decisions. 
and the Sunday pitcher for the Tigers will be another left-hander, Woody Freiman, who's been pitching very well for Detroit. But as you know, left-handers are supposed to have trouble in this ballpark. However, Billy Martin figures he has to go with his best, and he's got both Rolich and Freiman rested and ready to go in the final two games of this series. The indications were that Eddie Casco had decided on Mike Nagy uh, tomorrow, but apparently uh, that's still a decision that hasn't uh, been finalized because Siebert is listed as uh, a probable along with Nagy tomorrow for the Red Sox. We're ready to go now with Dick McCullough for the batter's box in another very important game here at Fenway Park. And here with a play-by-play, Ned Martin. All right, Dave, thank you, and good evening, everybody. Dick McAuliffe leading off. Lynn McLaughlin's first pitch is thrown on and missed strike one, and we're underway. Big crowd at Fenway tonight. They're all over here, and they reserve grandstands and box seats. McAuliffe, a left-handed batter, and McLaughlin throws outside, ball one. The bleachers are loaded. They're filled over three-quarters of the way into the triangle of seats in center field. They left just a bare, one little bare space out there. They're chalked up from sections one all the way around to 32. Ground ball off the glove of McLaughlin. Griffin has it in second. Goes to first in time. That play will go one to four to three. Deflected by Lynn McLaughlin over to Doug Griffin, who made the throw to Yastrzemski. McAuliffe was hitting 238 with seven home runs. So there's one out, and Gates Brown is up. The left fielder, left-handed batter, hitting 235. Ten home runs, 31 runs batted in. Lynn McLaughlin throws, and there's a strike call. Mack will well remember the last time he faced the Tigers here in that game. 4 nothing lead going into the ninth. 0-1 pitch, low and outside, ball one, one and one. Tigers got eight runs in the ninth inning to beat the Red Sox, but Mack did not get the loss. Some of the runs that scored off him were a little bit tinged and tainted. Strike two call on Brown, a pitch on the outside corner knee high. McLaughlin is a fast worker. He comes right at you, doesn't waste too much time between pitches. They slowed him down a little for a while, but found out he's more effective working the way he was when he came up. He was 9-1 at Louisville. 1-2 delivery. High pop foul, third base side, out of play. One ball, two strikes. two count to Gates Brown. Here's the pitch. And it's lying foul. Fast third. Petroselli went after it and it cruised over his glove. Curving out foul. One ball, two strikes. Well, this was the theater of frenzy two nights ago and Baltimore was in for a doubleheader last night. Fenway Park was the theater of the absurd, if you're a Red Sox fan. There's a drive to deep center, but Tommy Hopper has the range on it. The wind holds it up. It 
in his glove for the out. Gates Brown flies to Tommy Harper in center field. There's a crosswind blowing from left to right. And sometimes in from second towards first, in from the left field wall toward the right field foul line. Sometimes it will veer toward the bleachers and the right field grandstand. So it's going to be tough to hit one in the center and left. The wind will hold it up there. Willie Horton, the powerful right fielder, is up. Right-handed batter. His average, 223. 11 home runs, 33 runs batted in. McLaughlin, ready to pitch to Horton. Comes in and is lined to center field. That'll be a base hit. Hopper picks it up. Throws in, and Horton is on with the first hit of the game. Solid single to center. Horton at first with two gone, and Norm Cash, the batter. Cash was uh, a fool at the plate last night, a hitting fool. He had three doubles. He had two doubles to right field. And one to left. And he knocked in a couple of runs. As the Tigers took the game completely away from the Red Sox very early. Doug Griffin deep at the edge of the grass at second base. Aparicio shading the bag. The fastball is outside the cash. Ball one. Well, tonight looks like the days of September 1967 with a packed house here. McLaughlin sets, throws, outside, ball two, two and nothing. There were quite a few disenchantments last night as the Red Sox flattened out after their great double win over the Orioles two nights ago. Now we'll see what happens tonight. The pitch is in there for a call. Strike two and one. Two balls, one strike to Cash. Strong left-handed hitter. Norm moves well up in the box. He doesn't stand back. He likes to get that breaking pitch early, so he is his front line about six inches from his front foot from the front line. Takes the ball low and inside, three and one. Three balls, one strike to Norm Cash. Two out, and Horton running at first base. The outfield is swung around to right. Here's the set. And the pitch. Strike two, swinging. Foul tipped it into fifth glove. Carlton fits behind the plate again tonight. He's caught all but two innings last night. He caught the doubleheader against Baltimore, and he's catching with a mild groin pull that followed him for a few days. Lynn McLaughlin, the young right-hander on the mound, trying for his eighth win tonight. Three and two. Runner going. Strike three. Call. That Norm Cash thought he had a walk. And is griping to the plate umpire, Larry Barnett. He swings his bat away all the way to the dugout. He was headed for first base with what he thought was a walk. But it was called strike three, and the inning is over. No runs, one hit, and one left. After a half inning, Detroit, nothing. The Red Sox coming up. Over in the American League West, Oakland, five games on top of the Chicago White Sox. 
with an 85-58 record. The White Sox 80-63. Then comes Minnesota, 73-69, 11-and-a-half back. Kansas City, 70-72, 14-and-a-half out. California, 68 wins, 76 losses, 17-and-one-half back. Texas, 52 wins, 91 losses, 33 games out. National League East, it's all over. The Pirates have clinched it. Their record right now, 91-53. The Cubs, 79-65, 12 back. They can't catch the Bucks. The New York Mets, 74 wins, 69 losses, 16 and one-half games out. Followed by the St. Louis Cardinals, 22 games back. Montreal, 25 and a half out. Philadelphia, 37 out. In the West, Cincinnati by eight and a half over Houston. They play the Astros tonight. If Cincinnati beats Houston, they will clinch it in the National League West. The magic number for the Reds is now two. Los Angeles Dodgers, 12 games out. The Atlanta Braves, 22 games off the pace. Followed by San Francisco, the Giants are 26 and one half games back after winning it in the West last year. San Diego is 34 games back. I'd like to say hello to Mrs. Ethel Schutz of Alston, a longtime Red Sox fan, and uh, hello to Alfred Bernard, who is in the Winchester Hospital and has been following the Red Sox for a good many years. Tommy Harper will lead off for Boston in the bottom of the first inning. Chris Zachary, right-hander, 1-0 record, making his first start last year with the Cardinals in the National League. He won three and lost ten with a 5.30 earned run average. He has worked with Kansas City briefly in the American League in 1969. Right-hander. Pitch to Harper, chopped foul. Strike one to Tommy, who's hitting 261. 14 home runs, 49 runs batted in. Zachary has good size, 6'2", 203 pounds. From Knoxville, Tennessee, but lives now in Houston, Texas. The pitch to Harper is inside. One ball, one strike to Tommy. Tommy has 22 stolen bases this year for the Red Sox. He's right uh, near the number two spot in stolen bases for a Red Sox player. There's a ball inside, two and one. Jackie Jensen had 22 in 1954. Pete Fox had 22 in 1943 for the Red Sox. Carl Yastrzemski had 23 in 1970, and Joe Foy had 26 in 1968. Tommy has 22 now. The most ever, Ben Chapman, 35, back in 1937. Pitch to Harper. Line drive, deep to left center field. That's going to make the wall. Off the lineup board, downing past the center fielder, Stanley picks it up. Harper has a double. Him in the team lead in that department. He's one ahead of Carlton Fifth. 
Reggie Smith, a 22 double. Louis Aparicio, hitting 253, two homers, 35 runs batted in. Zachary leans in for the sign. Harper leads away from second. Here's the pitch to Louis, and he punts toward the first base side. Zachary can't get it. Nobody can get it. And Aparicio's safe. A base hit. Harper goes to third. an idea that time. He wanted not only to get Harper to third with a possibility of a sacrifice one out, but he wanted to push one and see if he could get a base hit. The ball eluded Zachary, was coming off the mound toward the first base line. No chance at all for McCollum, the second baseman, to get it. And it's a bunt single for Aparicio. Runners at first and third, nobody out, and Carl Yastrzemski up. Yes, hitting 263, eight home runs, 56 RBIs, takes a five fastball outside, ball one. Bill Playback, a right-hander, throwing in the bullpen now very quickly for Detroit. Well, this looks like the first inning in reverse last night. When Garmin got off to a rough start, they had Curtis up in a hurry. In the bullpen. Two on, nobody out, first inning. Yastrzemski gripping that bat holding it high. The pitch. There's a drive to center field way back. Stanley going back. He's got it. This will get Harper home easily. The throw comes into second. It's one nothing Red Sox. A line drive to deep center against the crosswind. Stanley, a fine fielder anyway, had it all the way, but it was way back. That was easy to get Harper home from third. Aparicio stayed at first base. He played it halfway. So the Red Sox have a quick one nothing lead. Reggie Smith is up. Smith had three hits last night. Elevating his average to 267. 20 homers, 70 RBIs. Takes a strike on the outside corner. Smith does think so. Yastrzemski gets credit for an RBI in 57th of the year. Pitch outside, ball one. Harper's double was a line drive to left center, then the good punt by Aparicio. Yastrzemski's sacrifice fly was a line drive, so they've hit Zachary Hart. Happy 86th birthday to Mrs. Annie Mae Look of Brewer, Maine. An inveterate Red Sox fan, 86 years young today, September 22nd. Red Sox are leading 1 to 2, 1 to nothing. There's a 1 2 count on Reggie Smith. And there's one out in the first inning. Aparicio at first. Zachary wants another sign. Big right-hander leans in with his glove on left knee and the hand holding the ball on his right knee. Here's the set and the pitch. Ground foul. An off-speed pitch to Reggie. Bounces it into the Red Sox dugout. One ball, two strikes. 
Red Sox ahead, one nothing in the first inning. Zachary ready. Pitches. Strike three, swinging, he jammed him. Had a good pitch that time on Reg. A fastball right in on the inside edge. At the letters. Smith is out on strike, two away. Rico Petroselli up. Rico is hitting 247. 14 home runs, 72 runs batted in. Now the delivery to him. It's inside, ball one. that ball as it kept riding with the wind and almost made it into the bullpen but it was about four yards short and Horton who kept backpedaling then turning around held on to it for the final out so they whacked Zachary around pretty well in that inning but got just one run there were two hits and there was a man left after one inning the Red Sox lead one to nothing well the Pirates wrapped up their third straight National League East Division title Thursday night by defeating the New York Mets 6-2, scoring five runs in the third inning. That made it easy for Steve Blass, who coasted to his 18th victory with a seven-hitter. The Pirates took over first place on June 19th and have been there ever since. Next stop for Pittsburgh in the Nash- is the National League playoffs, which will begin October 7th. Their opponent has yet to be decided. Only one other game was played in the National League Thursday night, and the Philadelphia Phillies won it 3-1 over the St. Louis Cardinals. The Phillies got the decisive runs in the eighth with the help of a three-base error by Ted Simmons, normally a catcher, who was trying out at first base. Warm-ups in the National League tonight. San Diego and Atlanta, Mike Caldwell, 7-8 against Phil Necro, who was 1-14 while losing 11. Philadelphia at New York, Kenny Reynolds 2-13 against Jim McAndrew, 11-6. And And Cincinnati at Houston, that would clinch it for the Reds in the West should they win it. It's Ross Grimsley trying to get the big win. He's 1-13 and lost 7. Larry Dirker looking for victory number 16. He also has lost 7. Detroit coming up in the top of the second inning. First man to face Lynn McLaughlin will be Duke Sims. Sims, who was acquired from the Dodgers, is hitting 262, two homers and 12 runs batted in. A former friend of yours, Dave. Right, uh, we had a few years together over in Cleveland, Ed, when we were both single. <laughs> See, that's enough said. <laughs> okay. 
Jim's a left-handed batter. He's got some power. Takes the pitch outside. Ball one. Duke's two home runs, 12 RBIs. He's somewhat of a free soul, a character, and uh, a flake. But a very engaging one and uh, a pleasant guy. He was a good buddy of Ken Harrelson when he went over to Cleveland, which explains another thing. Fish falling outside, ball two. Two balls, no strikes. The Duker. He has, in past days, beaten the Red Sox several times with home runs when he was with Cleveland. It's the ground ball to Yastrzemski. Has it going to the foul line. Stepped on the bag. Nice play. That was a hot shot. It was hard hit, and Yaz got over. One-handed. It gloved it, rather, right toward the line. It gets past him, and it's a double. So Sims is out. First baseman unassisted. Mickey Stanley is the batter, hitting 232. Stanley, a right-handed hitter, has accounted for 14 home runs this year with 53 runs batted in. The wind-up and the pitch. A curveball over but low, ball one. One ball, no strikes, one away. Now McLaughlin fires, and it's lined sharply in the left center. Base hit, covered by Evans, throws towards second. Single for Stanley, the second Detroit hit. Two well-hit balls this inning off McLaughlin. Although the wind is uh, a crosswind blowing left to right, the batters are teeing off in this game, hitting shots. Stanley at first base, one out. Rodriguez up. Third baseman for the Tigers, Aurelio Rodriguez, with a 229 batting average. Ten home runs, 48 runs batted in. Red Sox ahead, 1-0. Tigers have a base runner in the second. McLaughlin fires and misses inside, ball one. nothing the count. Infield, double play depth. Petroselli back at third. The pitch, swung on. Strike one. He went for the curveball. One ball, one strike. Nobody going. That time they thought they had something on Stanley and they, they might try for second. But no, he stayed right there and it's ball two. Two and one. They worked it the other day. They caught uh, somebody down there on an attempted steal. Baltimore. Ground ball to third. Petroselli up with it. Fires to Griffin. One over to first. Double play. 5-4-3. Nice relay. And third at second base by Doug Griffin. 
And a good pickup by Petroselli. 5-4-3 she goes, and that ends the inning. No runs, one hit, and nobody left. After an inning and a half, it's Boston 1, Detroit nothing. The Tigers moved into a virtual tie with Boston for first place in the American League East Thursday night by thumping the Red Sox 10-3, pounding out 14 base hits along the way. Norm Cash had three doubles as Joe Coleman cruised to his 18th victory. Coleman also chipped in with a bases-loaded single that accounted for three RBIs. The Baltimore Orioles remained in third place, two games off the pace as they were idle. Fourth place, New York, fell three and a half games or stayed three and a half games back by virtue of a 6-4 loss to the Milwaukee Brewers. John Briggs proved the Yankees' undoing with a home run and three RBIs. The California Angels trimmed the Kansas City Royals at 4-2, and the only other American League game played, Nolan Ryan hurled a four-hitter, and Bob Oliver ate his 20th home run. Tonight, after an inning of play, no score between the Yankees and Indians. Steve Klein, 16-7 on the hill for New York, going for the Tribe, Gaylord Perry, looking for victory number 22. He's lost 16. The Red Sox coming up in the second inning. And they'll have Carlson Fisk, Dwight Evans, and Doug Griffin. A nifty double play reeled off just then by the Red Sox. The runner, Stanley, barreled into second and upset Griffin, but he got his throw over the first as the middleman in the 5-4-3 double play. And also, a lot of people have not been giving consideration, maybe they have, uh, nobody's talked about it much, to the, the good third base play of Rico Petroselli. He has been playing very consistently and has improved so much at that back over last year. He has been very solid there, besides through the timely hits that Rico has gotten. Pitch to Fisk is low, ball one. Carlton is hitting 301, the only Red Sox regular to be over 300. He has 22 home runs and 60 runs batted in. His 22 homers lead the club. And this year it's been the story of uh, a little child shall lead them. Young Carlton Fisk, a rookie, having himself quite a year. Here's the pitch, and it's rammed into center field, base hit. Line drive single by Fisk to open up the second inning. Ball gets by Stanley, but he picks it up and fires it in. Gets by a few people, but it's backed up by Sims at the fungo-hitting circle. Fisk had taken a turn. Stanley had bobbled the ball, fired past second base, and nobody was backing up in the infield. Sims had to quickly dart from home plate over to get it. And if it had gotten by him, why Fisk could have gone to second base. But he stayed there, maybe not realizing that that throw has gotten past. Fisk leaves with a single in a second. And here is rookie Dwight Evans. And all he's done is have eight hits and 17 times at bat in his first week in the major league. Putting a triple and a home run. He punched. Foul. Tried to drop one towards third and fouled it at the plate. Evans has had one homer, five runs batted in. His average, well, it doesn't mean much, but it shows what he's done. 471. Eight hits and 17 trips. And he sprayed the hits around, too. Left, right, he's had a triple to right. He's had a homer into the screen down the left field foul line. Now the 
set and the pitch. It's hit toward right center field, hanging up for Horton, though, and Willie has it for the out. Deep in right center, Fisk goes back to first. One out, we'll have a station break along the lines now at 8 o'clock. This is Red Sox Baseball. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. at Fenway Park and Doug Griffin is up. One out. Takes the pitch inside. Ball one. Runner at first is Carlton Fisk. Griffin is hitting 260. Two homers. 33 runs batted in. Red Sox have three hits in the game. The Tigers two. The Red Sox are leading 1-0. Griff takes a strike at the knees. One ball, one strike. sets and throws. There's a line drive into right field. Pass, pass, base hit. Fisk is going to try for third. Horton picks the ball up, throws over there. Not in time. Cut off at short. Runners at first and third. Griffin got that off the end of the bat and just punched it. A kind of soft line drive. Cash lunged for it and for a moment... Fisk waited smartly. He, he thought that Cash might have had it, and he came very close to catching it. So he had to wait. He got a late break, but the ball died in shallow right field toward the line, and Horton had a long way to go for it. He finally picked it up, but Fisk went pouring over the third, and now the Red Sox are in business again with runners at first and third, one out, and Lynn McLaughlin up. And activity in the bullpen again. Bill Slayback was up in the first inning. He's up here in the second. McLaughlin, who gives no quarter at the plate, comes up. He's a left-handed batter. Red Sox have four hits now. Fisk at third. He's good going from first to third. Big man. McLaughlin stands in there. The infield shortened up halfway. And there's a ball low, a breaking pitch. That's around second base. Brinkman at short. And the call of a second are playing in about halfway. They'd like to get the double play if they can. They know it's a sure one, or they'd like to cut off Fisk at home. They can. Strike called. One ball, one strike. McLaughlin at the plate this year is hitting 204. He has two runs batted in. Been about 49 times, has 10 hits. Here it is, that is line to left center field. It is caught out there by Brown. This kind of score, Brown throws, not in time. Two nothing Red Sox. Carlton Fisk with the hustle on the bases has scored on a sacrifice fly to shallow left center. That was the same kind of play on which Yusevsky was thrown out last night, but the last night he was a single to left center field. He has tried to score from second. Fisk had to tag up and go to first to home. 
Brown's attempt at the plate was late, and the Red Sox have a 2 nothing lead. An RBI from McLaughlin on a sacrifice fly, holding at first base is Doug Griffin. Here's Tommy Harper. Here's the pitch. Chop foul. That ball was hit so that Brown could not get any kind of uh, momentum on his throw to the plate. Uh, he was, uh, actually his momentum was carrying him over toward uh, center field, and he had to throw from a very awkward position. He could get nothing on the throw. He was going across the grain, really, to the way he had to throw. Same as he was last night, but he had some more time. There's a call strike to Harper. Nothing in two to Tommy, who doubles the left center his first time up, and he scored the first Red Sox run. Both Red Sox runs have scored on sacrifice flies. One by Yaz, one by McLaughlin. Griffin at first. Harper at the plate with two strikes on him. Zachary delivers. It's low. Ball one. One ball, two strikes. Two out. Griffin walks off the bag. Three steps. Now the pause the pitch. Griffin goes, it's boy high for a ball, and he dives in with a stolen base. They didn't even try for him. Duke Sims thought he had a third strike call, and he held up on his throw. He didn't even bother to go through with it. And he's arguing with the plate umpire, Larry Barnett. I don't know what happened to Duke uh, thinking catcher's thoughts that time. He, he had the ball. He had time to throw. Griffin got a pretty good jump. But it might have been a close play down there, but the uh, apparently thought it was strike three, and of course that would have ended the inning. But Griffin now gets into scoring position with a stolen base. Two and two to Harper. Here it is. Check, swing, ball three. A third ball. Zachary started off the mound for the dugout. He thought he had a call that time. That was Griffin's ninth stolen base of the year. And number 58 for the Red Sox as a team. Three and two now to Harper. Count was 0 and 2. Looking in is Zachary. Harper waiting at the plate. Here it comes. Line draw. Ground ball to third. Picked up by Rodriguez. Throws to first in time. Nice play. It was a scorcher to third base, but right at Rodriguez. So Zachary gets out of it with just one run scored against him. And if he continues, he's going to need insurance because the balls have been hit hard. One run, there were two hits again, and again there was one man left on base. And at the end of two innings, the Red Sox lead two to nothing. The leading hitter in the National League is Billy Williams of the Chicago Cubs at 3.35. He is followed by Dusty Baker of the Atlanta Braves at 3.28. Then comes Cesar Cedeno of Houston, 3.26. Ralph Gar of Atlanta at 324. Al Oliver of the Pirates at 315. Lou Rock of St. Louis hitting 313. Ron Sano of Chicago is batting 312. Bob Watson of Houston 310. Pete Rose of Cincinnati 308. And Willie Stargell of the Bucks at 305. In the American League, it's Rod Carew of Minnesota at 322. Luke Pinella of Kansas City 311. Richie Shinebloom of the A's, Joe Rudy of Oakland, and Dick Allen of Chicago, all hitting 309. Carlton Fisk with his base hit this evening, now batting 302. 
Carlos May of Chicago at 296, as is Ken Berry of the California Angels. Amos Otis of Kansas City is batting 294. John Mayberry of the Royals hitting 292. Eddie Brinkman will lead off for the Tigers as we go into the third inning. The Red Sox have a 2-0 lead. Lynn McLaughlin on the mound, helped out by a double play in the second inning, has given up two hits. Brinkman, right-handed batter, hitting 199. Pitches high and tight to him, ball one. Brinkman has five homers and 45 runs batted in. He had a home run opening day against the Red Sox in Detroit and helped win that game for Mickey Lolich. Pitches a strike call. One and one. He hit three home runs very early around April and early May, and then he didn't hit another one until just a week or so ago. Went three months without one. He doesn't hit too many. Chokes up on the bat. Hits ground balls, line drive. Sprays it around. And takes the ball. Two and one. Brinkman set a record for fielding this year for shortstops. Consecutive games without an error. Consecutive chances without an error. He's been underrated for years as a fielder. Ground ball sharply hit the short. Taken by Louie. Throws the first in time. Nice play by Aparicio. Holy crow. That ball was a hard hit ball and it was skidding around. And looked as if it could take off, but Aparicio went over there about three steps to his left. And rode the glove back with the ball. Made sure he had it and threw Brinkman out. Nice play. So it's not underrated. It is the play of Louis Aparicio at shortstop during this drive late in the season. After coming back from being hurt, after being out six weeks, he has really steadied the infield. Pitch is down low for a ball to the pitcher Chris Zachary, who hits left-handed. Louie may have lost a step here and there, but he knows how to play the game. Makes the infield look entirely different when he's in there. Fastball is inside to Zachary. Ball two. Two and nothing. Zachary's been up only once. No hits. There's a called strike. Fastball right in. And one, the count. Here it is. Fastball outside. Ball three. Three and one. McLaughlin working very quickly. Now try to uh, maybe slow down just a mite. He's ready, and he pitches. He walks the pitcher. Something Lynn didn't want to do. With one out, he walks Zachary, the pitcher, who's been up once this year. McAuliffe is up. McAuliffe grounded out to Griffin by way of McLaughlin in the first inning. Deflected off Mack's glove. Left-handed batter from around the Hartford area originally. Pro-type player. Very aggressive. Quite a battler. Pitch to him is a ball outside, fastball. Red Sox have a 2-0 lead here, but the Tigers have a base runner with one out in the third. The pitcher, Zachary, with a warm-up jacket, is at first base. Now it comes in, and it's hit up in the air to shortstop. Louis calling for it now, coming in toward the pitching mound. 
has it for the out. McCullough pops to short. Good pitch that time by McLaughlin. Here's Gates Brown. He slides to center fielder Tommy Harper in the first inning. is outside to a left-handed batter. Ball one. one count to Brown. Zachary at first. Very short lead, the pitch. Brown foul off the right side. Dick Trzewski, the first base coach of the Tigers, feels that one. The count is one ball, one strike. One count to Brown with two away. McLaughlin okays the sign now. Pitches. High pop-up. Foul territory. Fist chasing it. Petroselli coming in. Rico wants it and takes it. Right in the on-deck or the uh, fungo-hitting circle. And that ends the inning. So Brown fouls out to Petroselli. Two big pop-ups that inning. No runs, no hits, and one left in the Tigers' third. After two and a half innings, it's still 2 nothing Red Sox. Wrapping up the stats, the home run leader in the senior circuit, Nate Tobin of San Diego at 38, followed by Johnny Bench of Cincinnati, who has 36, Billy Williams of Chicago, and Willie Stargell of the Pirates, 33, Henry Aaron of Atlanta, 31. American League, Dick Allen of Chicago, 36, Bobby Mercer of New York, 29, Harmon Killebrew of Minnesota, Mike Epstein, and Reggie Jackson of Oakland, 25. RBI's bench, 116 to lead the last to lead, followed by Starkle with 112. Williams, 111. Colbert, 104. And Lee May of Houston, 96. American League, Allen with 108. John Mayberry of Kansas City, 90. Mercer has 89. George Scott of Milwaukee has 82. And Boog Powell of Baltimore, 78. Pitching based on the most victories, Nash to lead, Steve Carlton, Philadelphia, 25 and 9. Fergie Jenkins of Chicago, 20 and 12. Steve Blast of Pittsburgh, 18 and 7. American League, Wilbur Wood of Chicago, 24 and 15. Yearwood Perry of Cleveland, 21 and 16. Catfish Hunter of Oakland, 20 and 7. And Jim Palmer of Baltimore, 20 and 9. We have a two-inning score from Cleveland. There is no score, really. The Yankees nothing, Cleveland nothing. Steve Klein going for the Yankees tonight. And Gaylord Perry, 21-game winner, going for Cleveland. Yankees, hopes are fading a little bit, but still hanging in there. Three and a half out. Louis Aparicio first up for the Red Sox in the third inning, and he hits the ground ball right to the mound. Zachary has it on one hop, throws Louis out. First time up, Aparicio punted safely. So there's one down in the Red Sox third, and Carl Yastrzemski coming to the plate. Yaz had a sacrifice fly and a line drive. It's long to center field. Got a run in in the first inning. Yaz up with one away. Reggie Smith on deck. Zachary winds, throws. There's a drive. Deep toward right center field. Back toward the bullpen. It is gone. Home run. 3-0 Red Sox. 
Krzyzewski with shades of 1967 just belted one into the visitors' bullpen for his ninth home run of the year to put the Red Sox ahead three to nothing. Reggie Smith is up, struck out in the first inning. One out, nobody on. Red Sox three, Tigers nothing. Here's the pitch to Reggie, and he takes it outside, ball one. That was Krzyzewski's fourth Fenway Park home run. He's hit five of them on the road. And that's his second against Detroit. He hit one against Lovich. Out in Detroit. Pitch is down low for a ball. Two and nothing. Krzyzewski has hit home runs off uh, seven right-handers and two left-handers. and Peterson of the Yankees, the left-handers. Here's a 2-0 pitch to Reggie, and he hits one on the ground, foul, pass first base. Red Sox have three runs, five hits. The Tigers, no runs, two hits. Two and one. The pitch by Zachary. Ground ball to the left side, taken by Brinkman, writes himself, throws the first, good play. Reggie's out. Brinkman went toward the shortstop hole. He had to take it near the edge of the outfield grass and plant his right foot. He got a strong throw over, and Smith is out short to first. There are two down, Petroselli up. Rico almost had an off-field home run in the first inning. He sent Horton back to the bullpen wall to catch his long fly ball to end the first. Here's the pitch by Zachary. Watch out, Reek. It's inside. Ball one. Red Sox have scored a running inning so far. They're batting in the third. Wind up and pitch. Strike called. One ball, one strike. Bill Slayback is throwing again in the Tiger bullpen. It's the third inning he's been up. Zachary throws inside to Petroselli. Ball two, two and one. Two balls, one strike, two away. Pitch. Strike swinging. Going right through that one. Two balls, two strikes. Rico leans right in on the plate. Face is a little bit more naked now. He shaved off his mustache. Here's the 2-2 delivery. Curve ball, long drive toward left center field. It's near the wall, but Stanley is there, and so is Gates Brown. The left fielder takes it in front of Stanley. In front of the lineup board, but well in on the grass. The wind held that one up and started off well. Petroselli is out, and the side is retired. One run for the Red Sox. Yastrzemski's over. One hit, and nobody left. After three innings, Red Sox three, Tigers nothing. Carol Whitey Lockman, who replaced the departing Leo DeRocher in late July, signed a one-year contract to manage the Chicago Cubs again next year, Friday. Owner-President Phil Wrigley said Lockman, who will also continue in his post as vice president for player development. 
Markman earned his new contract because of the improvement shown by the Cubs as he took over on July 24th, Wrigley said. Whitey's ability to get the team playing at near their potential has been evident by the 33-21 record since July 25th, Wrigley said. We believe a winning percentage of 6-11 since the mid-season change better represents the player's ability and led us to the conclusion that Lockman was well qualified to lead the team in 1973. The Cubs also announced that Ernie Banks, Larry Jansen, Hank Aguirre, and Pete Reeser have signed again as coaches. American League important score after two and a half innings. Still no score between the New York Yankees and the Cleveland Indians. The totals after three innings, the Red Sox three runs, five hits, no errors, and the Tigers no runs, two hits, and no errors. There's been a home run by Estremski. Yes, has knocked in two runs tonight. McLaughlin knocked in the other with a sacrifice fly. And Estremski's first RBI was a sacrifice fly. Here's Willie Horton, top of the fourth, and here's Dave Martin. Mike and Ed Horton singled the first time up, a hard single to center field. One of the two hits given up by McLaughlin so far. The other was a single by Mickey Stanley. Martin heading third of the batting order. Leading off this inning, the top of the fourth. There's a swing and a miss on a curveball. Strike one. Strike one on Willie Horton. Nobody on or out. And it's a three to nothing ball game now. The Red Sox have scored one run in each of the first three innings. New York and Cleveland are still scoreless against Perry. They're now on the third. Here's the 0-1 at the ball. Inside to make it ball one. Strike one on Horton. Tigers have won seven of their last nine games. The only two losses in that span. A double defeat to Cleveland the other night. Ball inside to make it two and one now to Willie Horton. Ball two strike one. The outfield is straight away and deep. Horton has good power. He hits that long ball. Swing and a miss on a curve. It broke, I believe, outside. Looks like it broke outside the strike zone. It was a sharp breaking curve and a deceptive pitch. Horton was fooled on it. And missed it. Ball two strike two on the Tiger right fielder. Storm cash on that. and two, McLaughlin ready again. He's pitching a bit more deliberately tonight than he normally does. He usually takes very little time between pitches. Two-two, playing in a grounder foul down the third baseline. Still two and two. and getting ready again. There's the lineup. There it is. A ball missed inside. The make it ball. Three strike two. A curveball. It just missed. Tigers in the month of September have won 12 games and lost nine. And they're still under one, they're still one under 500 since the All-Star break. to the Red Sox from the season six games to two over the Red Sox the season two. Here's the lineup of a 3-2 pitch. 
swing and a ground ball. Aparicio has it. There's the long throw. He is out at first base. One guard. Took a tricky little hop, but a hop up into the air. Aparicio played it well, played it straightly, and threw Horton out. One guard brings up Norm Cash. Cash was called out on strikes the first time up and did not like the call at all. Last night he had a big night going three for five. Left-hand hitter and plenty dangerous. Here's the lineup of the pitch to Cash. Spike called. Fastball on the outside corner knee high. Cleveland scored in the last of the third. They lead the Yankees one to nothing at the end of three innings. Mike went on cash. He's outside the batter's box. Slightly closed stance. Here's the pitch. Fastball is inside to make it one and one. Cash with nine more base hits will tie Donny Bush on the all-time Tiger list for total hits. There's a ball to make it two and one, which was low and close. Two and one now on Cash, one out and nobody on. Red Sox lead by a score of three to nothing. And the fourth inning is playing and is. Throw it right by him, ball three, strike, correct, and ball two, strike two. Two and two. Nobody on. McLaughlin getting the sign again. Outfield around to the right for Cash. Here's the pitch. Change up is high for the ball. Three and two. Took something off that pitch. Cash let it go by. Outfield is deep for Cash. They play him to pull. Still a good hitter at a rather advanced age. Late 30s now. Here's the 3-2 and there's a swing and a strike three. Got him on a third ball. A sharp hook by McLaughlin. Breaking in to the left-hand hitter, and Cash was completely fooled on it, struck out. So McLaughlin has gotten a tough left-hand hitter twice on strikes, Storm Cash. That brings up Duke Sims, another dangerous left-hand hitter. Sims is a low average, but high-power hitter. He has good power at the plate. I remember last September, when he was a member of the Dodgers, he hit a lot of clutch home runs in the stretch drive for the Dodgers. They were going down the stretch with the Giants and lost out to the Giants. The Sims came through in the clutch last fall for Los Angeles. This is a ball with high ball one. McLaughlin has two strikeouts. Only too many struck out Cash in the first inning and Cash in the fourth inning. Ball is high and inside. Count is two and nothing on Sims. At the game tonight, 50 members from the Long Meadow Lions Club, Lang Masters President, Dick Callahan Secretary, all here enjoying the game tonight. Oh, we have a packed house. There's the 2-0 with the ball. Three and nothing on Sims. Triangle out in center field now is completely filled up with people. Those are the last seats that are occupied. The bleachers 
full people tonight. Got an empty seat visible from here. Here's the ball inside, and Sims drew a walk on four pitches. Second walk given up by McLaughlin, and it brings up Mickey Stanley. Number 24. Stanley singled the left field the first time up, the right-hand hitter. Center fielder, good ball player. Good athlete. Right-hand hitter. Sims at first was too out for Detroit. Strikes, and here comes the pitch. Ball inside. Just did miss McLaughlin. Restrains himself. He didn't like that call. He thought he had the corner. But Barnett called it a ball. So he's thrown now five straight wide pitches. All set again. Here's the delivery. Outside for a ball. Two and nothing. And a six straight wide one. Stanley looks down toward Joe Schultz coaching at third base. Dick Pazuski coaches at first for Detroit. All set again. Here's the 2-0. A swing and a miss. He went for a curveball to make it 2-1. and one. A breaking ball. I believe that was a slider. Ball two-strike one now on Stanley. Rodriguez on net. fly ball in the right field should be caught. Reggie Smith drifting over onto the ball. He's got it for the third out to retire the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, and one man left. One walk. It brings us to the middle of the fourth inning, and the score is Boston 3, Detroit nothing. In Columbia, Missouri, Rogers Hornsby, holder of the highest regular season batting average in the major leagues, and a winner of seven National League batting crowns will be inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame at its annual awards dinner October 28th. Don Farrell, the executive secretary, said Hornsby would be inducted posthumously into the Hall of Fame. He said the Hall did not allow posthumous admissions until the year of Hornsby's death in 1963. Hornsby had an average of .358 over 20 big league seasons, including a record .424 with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1924. He managed the Cardinals to their first pennant in 1926, and later managed the Boston Braves, Chicago Cubs, Cincinnati Reds, and St. Louis Browns. Hornsby voted National League Most Valuable Player in 1925, and again in 1929 was elected into the Baseball's Hall of Fame in 1942. Scores in the National League this evening after an inning and a half. No score between San Diego and Atlanta. Also no score after an inning between Philadelphia and the New York Mets. Through a fourth, and Carlton Fisk will be off. He singled the first time up. And he scored a run. Red Sox have scored one run in each of the first three innings, and they lead three to nothing. Krumsky has driven in two of the three with a home run and a sacrifice line drive, and the other one was driven in by McLaughlin with a sacrifice liner. 
Arch Fisk in the batter's box. Arch had one of his poorer games of the season last night. There's a strike call in the outside corner. Good fastball by Cliff Zachary. Fisk was hitless in two official times at bat. Striking out both times with men on base. He also committed a couple of errors. Here's the lineup of the pitch. It's a swing and a foul ball over the rope to the right. The count is strike two. Chris Zachary on the mound. He's 6'2 and 203, 28 years old. He was first in the major leagues as long ago as 1963 with the Houston club. Up and down with Houston over the years. There's the ball outside. The count is one and two. Been part of the 69 season with uh, Kansas City in the American League. And last year for part of the year was with the St. Louis Cardinals. Ball one, strike two is the count on fifth. Dwight Evans on back. This steps out of the batter's box. Zachary taking a lot of time. The war of nerves goes on. Here's the pitch. A swing and a ground ball. Rodriguez to his left. Scoops it up. So the first, he's out. Good play by Rodriguez. Ball was sharply hit. He went to his left, came up with the ball. And through Fisk out. One gone and it brings up the left fielder, Dwight Evans. Dwight Evans. Here's Dwight Evans. He's wide out to right field the first time up. The rookie has been breaking in in great style for the Red Sox. Came in tonight batting 471, 8 for 17. There's the lineup by Zachary on the first pitch to him. A swing and a miss. Now we'll take time for a station break. This is Red Sox Baseball. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Here's the swing and he hits a little pop fly. McAuliffe comes in and he grabs it. One-handed for the out. A little pop fly, didn't go very high. McAuliffe came racing in from his position at second base and caught it on the infield grass, one-handed, about knee-high. Had to hustle to get there. So Evans is retired, and it brings up Doug Griffin. Two out of nobody on for the Red Sox in the last half of the fourth inning. This grounded to third, and Evans popped out to McAuliffe. Griffin singled to right field the first time up. IBM hitter. He hit one just out of the reach of Norm Cash in the right field. Pitch. Ooh, he has to back away. Had been a razor, he would have had a very close shave. Just did get out of the way. Got a ball one on Griffin. There's a swing and a bouncer foul off to the right to make it ball one, strike one. Zachary saw quite a bit of action with the St. Louis Cardinals last year. He started 12 games. 
at a record of 3 and 10 with an ERA of 5.30. Native of Knoxville, Tennessee. There's the lineup, and there's the 1-1 to Griffin. A swing and a bounce to right back to Zachary. Go to first base. He's out, and for the first time, Zachary retired the Red Sox 1-2-3. Three up, three down in the fourth inning. Nothing across. And after four innings, it's Boston 3, Detroit nothing. Washington Redskin backup quarterback Sonny Jurgensen was charged with drunken driving early Friday after he was stopped by a Maryland State policeman two days before his team's home opener. He was released on bond at 4 a.m. after posting $250 bond. Trial was set for October 17th in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. If convicted on the charge, Jurgensen would automatically lose his driver's license and could face up to a $1,000 fine and or a year in prison. It was the second time in less than a year that a Redskin quarterback was involved in a drinking incident. Last year, Billy Kilmer was charged with being drunk in public. The 38-year-old Jurgensen, who has not been able to win back his first-string quarterbacking job from Kilmer since he was injured last year, was stopped by a state trooper at about 2.30 a.m. near Camp Springs, Maryland, a suburb of Washington. He was charged with operating a car under the influence of alcohol and taken to the county courthouse in Upper Marlboro, where he appeared before a court commissioner. Let's go back. I'd like to remind you that tomorrow's airtime is going to be 210. The network stations, if you're listening, might make a note of that. It was originally listed as a 155 starting time, but it's a 210 starting time now. Tomorrow afternoon, our broadcast at 210 with the uh, first pitch slated for 215. Pitchers tomorrow will be Mickey Lowage for the Tigers, 20-game winner. For the Red Sox, either Siebert or Nagy. Here's a swing by Rodriguez and a high pop fly of the infield. Aparicio is under it and he has it for out number one. Aurelio Rodriguez pops to Aparicio. One out and wings up Eddie Brinkman, the shortstop. I'd like to say hello tonight to Arthur Becker on Pine Grove Avenue in Lynn, Massachusetts. A Red Sox fan for 28 years. Mr. Becker is celebrating today his 83rd birthday. Happy birthday. Mr. Becker, hope the Sox bring home a victory for you. Here's Brinkman on the first pitch of the ball outside, ball one. Eddie Brinkman, the shortstop. Right-hand hitter, grounded to short the first time up. Here's the pitch, a swing, and he hits the ground ball to short. Aparicio to his right, long throw. He is out. It's two gone. Aparicio to Yosemite. Two out in the top of the fifth inning for Detroit. And the batter now, the pitcher due to hit, Chris Zachary. McLaughlin has allowed only two hits. Singles in each of the first two innings and nothing since then. He's issued two walks and he has two strikeouts. Zachary drew a walk the first time up. There's the wind-up by McLaughlin. The pitch is outside. Ball one. Nice ball. Oh, every nook and cranny of Fenway is filled tonight. Could very well be the biggest crowd of the year. Here's a strike call to the outside corner. Count goes to one and one. Red Sox are leading three to nothing. 
lineup and the 1-1 pitch, a strike, a beauty, fastball again on the outside corner. McLaughlin firing that ball. Now he's speeding up time between pitches here, and he's firing and firing hard. Has good control. Here's the lineup and the 1-2 pitch. Swing, and here's a line drive that hits the left field. Fast Aparicio is hit to the right of Louie. Dwight Evans picks it up, throws it to second base. Zachary strokes to hit the left. Hit number three off McLaughlin, and it brings up Dick McCullough. McCullough has been up twice without a hit. Ran it out and popped out. McCullough. Not what you'd call a home run hitter, but about a week ago he had two home runs in one game. What a big game for the Tigers. Here's the pitch. Ball is high. Ball one. Al Fisk wants to say something to McLaughlin. Goes out to the mound. Time is called. Breezy, rather cool night tonight, but a comfortable night. That wind now is a crosswind blowing from left toward right, but it shifts a lot. It's either a crosswind or blowing in most of the time. I haven't seen the flight blowing out at all tonight. Ball on the count. Here's the delivery. Outside makes it 2-0. Two balls, no strikes. The count on Nick McCullough. Zachary at first, two out of a fifth inning. Here's the stretch by McLaughlin, the pitch. Swing, and a broken bat, high fly ball. Short center field, maybe trouble, it drops out there. Here's Zachary on his way to third. Goes to second base, and McAuliffe gets in with a double. Everybody went after that top fly, both Aparicio and Griffin went after it out in center field, along with Tommy Harper. And that left second base uncovered. Nobody really covered second base. And when Harper finally picked the ball up, he had to wait for Griffin to retreat back to second base. Finally threw it to him when he was still a few feet from the bag. So it made it easy for McCullough to get into second with a double. The batter now is Gates Brown with two runners in scoring position for Detroit. Zachary at third base and McCullough at second base with a pop fly double. His bat broke completely in two on that little pop fly that fell out there for two bases. Here's the pitch to Gates Brown, and it's a ball, a little bit inside, ball one. Brown has been up twice, flat out to center field, and fouled out to Petroselli. First base is open. Here's the lineup by McLaughlin, the pitch. Swing, and he hits a high fly to center field. Tommy Harper coming in. He's under the ball. He's got it. Came in only about three steps. He caught the ball easily for out number three. No runs, two hits. No errors, and two men are left. So now after four and one-half innings, the score, the Red Sox three, Detroit nothing. Saturday's college football action marks the season debut for Texas and Notre Dame. Though both are rated a large question mark, looms as to what one can expect to see from the traditional powers. Texas meets Miami of Florida and will be going with the former defensive back Alan Lowry at quarterback. Notre Dame travels to Northwestern with sophomore Tom Clements getting the quarterback call and the young, inexperienced faces filling the graduation riddle defense. 
Elsewhere among the top ten rated clubs, it's number one Southern Cal favorite over Illinois, Oklahoma over Oregon, Colorado over Minnesota, Tennessee over Wake Forest, Alabama over Kentucky, UCLA over Michigan, Nebraska over Army, LSU over Texas A&M, and Arizona State over Kansas State. The site is Tallahassee, Florida, and pro football scouts will be descending there to in droves tomorrow to watch the fight of the football. It's going to be Florida State and Gary Hoff against Don Strzok, the passing wizard of Virginia Tech. Inning, Len McLaughlin will lead off of the Red Sox. Then we'll see Harper and then Aparicio. Tomorrow's game, a 2.15 more game, as I mentioned, with a 2.10 broadcast time. And then Sunday, a regular time of 2 o'clock for the final game of this series. Here's McLaughlin getting a hand. Murray Tion is scheduled to pitch the Sunday game for the Red Sox. And he'll be opposed by left-hander Woody Freiman. Simon has won eight and lost two for the Tigers since they picked him up in early August from the National League. Here's the pitch now to McLaughlin. It's playing and he hits a high bouncing ball to Cash. He's up with it, running to the bag, and McLaughlin is out to Cash unassisted. One gone, and it brings up the leadoff man, Harper. One out and nobody on for the Red Sox in the last half of the fifth inning. Harper has been on base in 19 out of 20 games this month. Harper's been on base 41 times out of 96 plate appearances for a 427 percentage on base. Pretty good work by the leadoff man. He's been doing his job. He started the first inning tonight with a double. Ball is inside. He has to lean away from it. Ball one. Zachary has allowed three runs and five hits. One strikeout, no walks. As he sign again, rocks his arms, brings them up over his head. Here's the door break. Ball is inside. Makes it ball two. Two and nothing on Tommy Harper. Line up again by Zachary. The delivery, a strike call in the outside corner, and Tommy Harper looks back at umpire Larry Barnett with a. I can't believe it looked on his face. Zachary came to the Tiger organization from the Cardinals Triple A Farm Club, Tulsa, a minor league deal made after the winter meetings in '71. Here's a ball inside to Harper. The Tigers gave up right-hand pitcher Bill Dennehy from their Toledo Farm Club to St. Louis in order to get Zachary. He's been a good relief pitcher for them this year. One save and one victory. No losses. 3-1 pitch, a swing, and he pops it up foul. Sims with his mask off, racing over to the left. And Rodriguez there also, and Rodriguez grabs it for the out. Rodriguez had a little better angle on it. He was coming in on the ball, whereas Sims was running to his left and uh, it's kind of a uh, side angle on the 
top line. So Rodriguez caught it. Foul territory right near the railing for out number two. Brings up Aparicio as a bunt single. The other time up he grounded right back to the pitcher. Two out and nobody on in the last of the fifth inning for the Red Sox. They're on top of this game, three to nothing. Roy chokes up on the bat just a bit. Has a close stand. Strike call. The high strike one. Tigers, by the way, have committed fewer errors than any team in the major leagues. Only 88 errors. Pitch. Hits the ball inside to make it one and one. Doesn't necessarily mean too much. However, those errors. Tigers are generally a rather slow team. A foot. There's the one-one pitch. Here's a swing and he hits a high infield fly ball. Rodriguez looking up. He's got it. About halfway between third and second in on the grass to retire the side. Three up, three down. And now Zachary has settled down and retired eight batters in a row. Pinch Yastrzemski homered in the third. Nothing across for the Red Sox in the fifth. And the score of the ball game after five innings. The Red Sox three and Detroit nothing. Other scores after four full innings now. The Indians leading the New York Yankees by a score of 3-0. And Gaylord Gurry is on the hill for the Tribe. Steve Klein for New York. California failed to score in the top of the first against Minnesota. It's Andy Messer-Smith against Burt Blylevin. The warm-ups are in in Chicago. It'll be Don Stanhouse for Texas. And for the White Sox, Stan Bonson looking for his 20th victory. National League after three innings, no score between San Diego and Atlanta. Mike Caldwell against Phil Negro. After two and a half, two on the Philadelphia over New York. Ken Reynolds against Jim McAndrew. Bill Robinson, a two-run homer, his fifth of the year for the Phillies. Jim Beecham, a solo shot, his fourth of the year for New York. After an inning and a half, it's 2-2 between Montreal and Pittsburgh. Baylor Moore against Bruce Keeson. Ron Fairley, a solo shot for Montreal, his 14th of the year. The warm-ups in in Houston. It'll be Ross Grimsley for Cincinnati and Larry Dicker for the Astros. A little later, Chicago at St. Louis in about 10 minutes. A couple of hours from now, San Francisco at Los Angeles. Sixth inning coming up there at Fenway Park. Willie Horton leading off, and here's Ned Martin. All right, David, we have a score in the Cleveland game. The Indians got two more runs for Gaylord Perry, and they lead the Yankees three to nothing after four innings. Cleveland three, the Yankees nothing after four. Perry in search of his 22nd victory. He's got a real shot at that Cy Young Award. He and Wilbur Wood. There's a foul going down the third baseline. First batter up is Willie Horton. Horton has singled and grounded the shortstop. Tigers had four hits off McLaughlin. One strike. Horton up with Cash and Sims to follow. Three nothing Red Sox. Top of the sixth. Pitch. Curve fades outside. One ball, one strike. Huge crowd here tonight at Fenway Park. Red Sox with the lead. Runs in each of the first three innings. Now the 1-1 delivery, waved at strike two. He had a wrinkle on that one, and Norton 
missed it. One ball, two strikes. by McLaughlin bends over gets the sign and throws strike three got him on a curveball good pitch Horton's out one away third strikeout for McLaughlin two of them have been the fellow at the plate right now Norm Cash called out on strikes in the first where he bent his clean and flung his bat and then he struck out swinging in the fourth. There was no argument about that. Right side of the infield deep. Harper over toward right center. Reggie Smith straight away and deep in right. Wind blowing toward right. Pitch is a strike call. Nothing and one. For the most part, McLaughlin has been challenging Cash tonight. Right-hander swings and throws inside, jackknifing him back. Ball one. One ball, one strike. One-one, the count with one out. Here it is. Line fouls off to the right, down by the top, and bouncing around the front row of the seats down there. One and two. the final Friday night game here at Fenway Park and the next to the last night game of the season, of the regular season. Should they play the World Series here, there'd be a night. Couldn't that be something? One, two. Inside, ball two, two and two. Two balls, two strikes, one away. Now McLaughlin winds and throws. Ball three outside. He missed with a fastball. So he's three and two with Cash. One out. Lynn bends to get the sign as Cash levels the bat. Waiting for him. Here it is. Fouled off. Three and two still. We got a call, supposedly, from Barrow, Alaska, saying that the signal was coming in good there. We did mention last night we got a letter from Fairfield, California, where somebody with a short wave picked this up, and we've been heard in South Carolina, also in Venezuela. This may be a gag. He may be calling from Chelsea. There's a foul back. But anyway, they called somebody upstairs. Bill Crowley said that the guy said, yep, Barrow, Alaska. Game coming in fine. To Nanook of the North. 3-2 pitch to Cash again. Ball four. McLaughlin just missed blowing inside, and Cash gets his walk this time. The third one given out by McLaughlin. One out, Cash at first. Tigers have managed to get a runner on in every inning in this ball game. At least one. They have good semi-pro uh, leagues, baseball leagues up in Alaska. I know, I've heard of them. If they get to play maybe a couple of weeks a year. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, 
midnight sun comes out goes down in July that's it here's the set by McLaughlin he pitches and it's a called strike to Duke Sims left-handed hitter nothing in one Nothing and one to Sims. Duke has grounded out and walked in this game. Playing him to pull also. Curveball, rifle deep toward right field, way back. Back forward and no gone. It's a home run into the Red Sox bullpen and the Tigers come within one run. Duke Sims has lined up the home run, riding with the wind, a tremendous shot into the Red Sox bullpen. No chance for Reggie Smith to get it. And it's now Red Sox 3 and the Tigers 2. And the game takes on a completely different complexion. Well, that's what you got Duke Sims for. That's what the Tigers wanted him for. The big blow with a bat. So the walk cost McLaughlin right here, dearly. And now he only has a one-run lead. Sims just bombed one. For Sims, his third home run is joining the Tigers. Line drive to center field by Mickey Stanley. It's a base hit. One hopper. And they're hitting McLaughlin now. He had a strikeout to start the inning. Then he missed on a 3-2 pitch with Cash. He's given up a home run and a single now. And the Red Sox bullpen gets busy. Tigers now are out hitting Boston 6-5. Red Sox lead in the game 3-2. Fisk talking to McLaughlin. Petrofelli over from third. <laughs> Lynn, in the, la in the last couple of starts, last two or three starts, has had a history of starting fast and being very sharp for four or five or six innings and then tiring a little bit. Before that, he was having trouble in the early innings and then getting better, but uh, the pattern has turned. He has gone out, come out swinging, and has been tough until around the sixth. Then is tired. Might it be happening now. Bob Bolin, right-hander. Bob Veal, left-hander, throwing in the bullpen for Boston. They haven't been used for quite some time. Lee Stang, the pitching coach, was just out to the mound. He's running back to the dugout now, trying to settle McLaughlin down. The Tigers have a runner at first base, two runs in, one out. This is the sixth inning, and the Red Sox lead 3-2. to two. Aurelio Rodriguez has hit into a double play and popped to short. Now the set and the pitch to him. Curveball, rifled sharply on the ground off the glove of Petrocelli. Can't find it. Runners are safe, backed up by Aparicio. A hard hopper down the line. Rico went over there, got his glove on it. It bounced right straight up in the air behind him. He couldn't see it. And it goes as a base hit for, for Rodriguez. That ball was hit hard. So the Tigers in business now with runners at first and second. Two runs already in and only one out. Eddie Brinkman is up. That's the seventh hit off McLaughlin, who suddenly has come a little unglued here in the sixth inning. He's had it with men on before. But this inning, he's been hit hard after the strikeout on the walk. Brinkman has grounded twice to Aparicio at short. McLaughlin throws inside, ball one. Red Sox three, Tigers two.
Zachary is due up next. But now Chuck Selbach is working in the Tiger bullpen, right-hander warming up. The pitch by McLaughlin, low, ball two. In all probability, unless Brinkman hits a home run, they'll hit for Zachary and Selbach will come on to pitch. 2-0 pitch to Brinkman. Low ball three to Brinkman, a 199 hitter. And McLaughlin has really gotten himself in trouble now. The Tigers starting to roam around, get out of their cage because they uh, were pretty quiet for the first five innings. Now Yastrzemski comes over to try to calm McLaughlin down. McLaughlin is 3-0 to Eddie Brinkman, the number eight hitter. Time called. A Tiger player coming in from their bullpen. We'll pause here for a station break. This is Red Sox baseball. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. The FRTS in the Canal Zone. This is the Southern Command Radio Network. 798-1420 on your okay, we're back at Fenway Park. The Tiger player is Bill Freehand, who was injured in that play at the plate last night when tagging his Dremsky. But he's coming into the dugout. The count on Brinkman, 3-0. McLaughlin pitches, and it's a ball four. He walked him on four pitches, and the bases are loaded. Fourth walk given up by McLaughlin. Eddie Casco waiting to see what Detroit does in the way of a pinch hitter. There is going to be one. As uh, Chris Zachary goes back to the dugout. And Bill Freehand, who just came in from the bullpen. No, it isn't Freehand. Left-handed batter, Haller. Tom Haller. That's who it was. Looked like Freehand, he had a glove on one hand, but he, he's available for pinch hitting, but it figures that a left-handed batter would come up here. The wind's blowing to right. We're going to have a new pitcher. That will be all for McLaughlin, who ran out of gas very quickly here in the sixth inning and has left things in a mess with the bases loaded, one out, and pinch hitter Tom Haller, who has pinch hit home runs before, is at the plate. So we'll get a new pitcher, and I would assume that Bob Beal would come in. You're listening to Red Sox Baseball from Fenway Park in Boston. So, the big figure of Bob Beal is walking toward the card. Lynn McLaughlin, who gave it a good try, leaves the mound and gets a nice hand. He pitched good ball through five innings, but a two-run homer by Sims started him on his downfall here in the sixth. McLaughlin goes five and one-third innings. He gave up seven hits. Two runs. He is responsible for three base runners. He walked four and he struck out three. And now they're going to announce, they're going to put Frank Howard in to bat for the announced Tom Haller. So Haller was announced to bat for Zachary, but he was just announced. And after that move was made by Billy Martin, Eddie Casco put the left-hander Veal in. And after that move, why they put in Frank Howard. So, Beal, of course, has to pitch to one batter. 
Whitfield is going to come in to pitch for the Red Sox, and Frank Howard is going to bat for the announced Tom Haller. Haller, a left-handed batter up, and then when they when Casco made his move to the bullpen, with Veal coming in there, Billy Martin turned around and sent up Frank Howard to bat for Haller, who was announced for the pitcher Zachary. So it's Red Sox three and Detroit two as Veal will begin his warm-up. Beal will be making his fourth appearance as a member of the Red Sox. His first three appearances have all been productive. They've resulted in two victories and one save. Beal's earned run average is zero. He's pitched four and two-thirds innings and has yet to give up a hit as a member of the Red Sox, much less a run. He has issued two bases on balls and he has five strikeouts. Red Sox uh, got him from uh, the Pirates Farm Club at Charleston, where he had a four and three record this year, working both as a starter and in relief, mostly in relief. A big veteran left-hand pitcher who used to have a great fastball, and of course uh, he's lost something off that now. But he has been around the Major League Wars for several years, knows how to pitch, and he's going to be tested right here by Frank Howard. Now, Bill Haller, who was originally announced as the pinch hitter, left-hand hitter, had an average of 207. Howard's season's average is 248. With Detroit only, Howard is hitting 292. He's got a very dangerous right-hand hitter up here in Fenway Park with the inviting Westfield wall on the faces loaded. Red Sox took care of Howard pretty well earlier in the year when he was here with the Texas Rangers, but he's had some big hits for the Tigers. He had a home run that... Uh, started them on a win over Baltimore, a comeback win over Baltimore a little over a week ago. He has 10 homers on the year and 36 runs batted in. One homer for Detroit. That was the one off Dave McNally of the Orioles. So here's a big guy to bat against veteran Bob Beal with the bases loaded. The toughest spot Beal found himself since coming to the American League. Winds up and throws. Strike swinging. I tell you, Howard puts on a show just swinging the bat. He is so big, has so much power, takes such a big cut. 0-1. Stanley is at third. Rodriguez at second. Brinkman at first. One out. Infield back. There's double play depth, really. Here's the pitch. Strike two, swinging. 0-2 to Frank Howard. Dick McCullough, the left-handed batter, is on deck. But Tony Taylor is around the bat rack in the dugout. He's a right-handed hitting second baseman. Deal pitching. Here it is. Ball high. Almost a wild pitch. He went way upstairs on that one to show Howard a bad pitch. And Fisk had to leap up and stab it. One ball, two strikes to Howard. Big spot in the ball game. The Red Sox lead by a skinny run right here. Three to two. Two-run homer for Duke Sims, the big hit of the inning so far. Howard digs in. Veal looks around at his infield. Petroselli very deep at third. Now, Veal looks for the sign. This hands it to him. Looks over to third. Stanley down the line. Here's the windup and the pitch. 
check swing at the ball outside. He almost went for it. The fans thought he had him. He had struck out. But it was outside and a check swing. Two and two to Howard. Frank has a habit of going for bad pitches sometimes. Looked them over better the last few years. Two balls, two strikes, one out. Long look for the sign by Veal. He winds. Guy did it to the other. Bob Field struck out Frank Howard on a 2-2 pitch. But now he faces a very tough man, maybe a tougher hitter even, in this kind of situation, in Tony Taylor, who, when he was with Philadelphia, was one of the best clutch hitters on the ball club and in the National League. He's a right-handed batter, a veteran, and he's going to bat for Dick McAuliffe. And will stay in the game, probably, to play second base. Tony Taylor. player last year for the Tigers in his first year in the American League and an excellent player for Philadelphia through the years in the National. Also played in Chicago. Taylor is hitting 295. One home run, 18 runs batted in. So here it is. The base is full in the sixth inning. Red Sox leading by a run. Two outs. Bob Beal will pitch to Tony Taylor. Taylor is very, very tough indeed gets his bat on the ball most of the time. Struck out 32 times this year. Field looks for the side. Runners lead from first, second, and third. Here is a bluff short hole, and a pitch is outside, ball one. A good bluff by Stanley, as they were putting on a bluff there. There was no squeeze. But Beal, veteran that he is, did not break his stride and threw a ball outside. It's very easy to break your stride with something like that happening and commit a balk. You've got to go through with a smooth motion. Beal wants another sign. The count is 1-0 to Taylor. The look to third and the pitch to the plate. Strike one. Swinging. Tony Taylor all the way around on a slider. Tigers did exactly that against a young pitcher, uh, I've forgotten who, just the other night. Walked a break towards the plate, and the young pitcher did commit a block, and it turned out to be the winning run of the ball game. I remember reading about that. All right, it's one ball, one strike to Taylor. Two out. Stanley moving around down the line at third. Here's the wind-up and pitch. Strike two, call. Boy, Veal is sharp on his control for someone who hasn't worked for a while he now has a count of one and two to Taylor big six foot six two hundred twenty or thirty whatever he is he says he needs to lose ten more pounds around 240 actually boy when he and Howard were out there the diamond was tilted this way one ball two strikes Taylor leveling the bat. Here's the look. The wind-up. The pitch. Line drive. That's beautifully by Petrosilli at third. Out number three. Big play 
Franco. Rico Petroselli just saved two runs that time on a line drive. He dove to his left and came up with a ball, taking it about six inches off the ground for a tremendous catch. That's all for Taylor and the Tigers. And what an inning. Two runs for Detroit. They had three hits, including a home run by Duke Sims, and they left three men on base. Line score at the end of five and a half is three to two Red Sox. American athletes won on the track but lost to the officials and the German host at the 20th Olympiad. So said Bill Bowerman, coach of the U.S. Olympic track team. Bowerman, the University of Oregon track coach, returned to his home near Eugene this week and made the statement in an interview with the Oregon Journal. He called several of the official rulings outright thievery. Among them, he said, were rulings in the shot put, pole vault, and 1,600-meter relay. He also said the action of quarter-milers Vince Matthews and Wayne Collette on the victory stand came as a great surprise and shock to us all. He said the two were on their way to a meeting of the games committee to apologize when they learned they had been suspended. They were denied an opportunity to be heard to express their regrets, Bowerman said. He said also lost his battle with the German host for greater security for the Olympic Village and was critical of the Germans' handling of several aspects of the game. More on Matthews and on Carletta the next break. Right now updating the scoreboard after five and a half, four nothing Cleveland over the Yankees. Three to two ball game. The Red Sox lead the Tigers and the Tigers had the biggest threat of the evening with the bases loaded and one out and Bob Veal came on. He struck out pinch hitter Frank Howard. And he had a one-two count to Taylor, but Tony wrapped one to Petroselli's left, to Rico's left, to his right as we look out on him. And he made a dive like a Brooks Robinson, catching the ball just inches off the ground for a clutch play. Tony Taylor stays in the game to play second base. And Taylor will bat in the caller's leadoff spot. And a new pitcher, Chuck Selbach, former Dartmouth College Ace a couple of years ago pitched uh, Dartmouth into the College World Series at Omaha. Selbach is now pitching for Detroit. Zachary started the starting pitcher, Chris Zachary, went five innings. And he gave up five hits and three runs, all earned. The thing that kept him out of trouble mainly was he did not walk anybody. He struck out one. So he leaves the game trailing three to two. And Selbach takes over. Selbach, a right-hander. Facing Carl Yastrzemski in the sixth inning. Red Sox leading by a run, three to two. Here's the pitch. And it's outside, ball one. Chuck Selbach has won three. Now, beg your pardon, he started three games. He's won eight and lost eight. And is making his 56th appearance of the year. 48 of them in relief. Eight wins, eight losses. He has saved 11 ball games. Earned run average, 3.03. box facing Yastrzemski, who has had a sacrifice fly and a home run. Takes a strike. Yaz did a homer in the third. Into the visitor's bullpen. 
Rochester that time and made it 3 nothing Red Sox. So that's the, the difference in the game now in this 3-2 affair. Selbach kicks and throws. Low and outside, ball two, two and one. Selbach uh, graduated a year ahead of Pete Broberg uh, from Dartmouth, who went with the Senators, now the Rangers. Right-hander works. Yes, takes the strike, flicking the outside corner, and he's kicking on the call. Larry Barnett has had several arguments from both sides in this ball game. Yes, gets some dirt and throws it down. Two and two. Selbach kicks, delivers, a chopper to the right side, picked up by Selbach, throws Yaz out easily, and there's one away. He chopped that one in the dirt. One gone in the bottom of the sixth inning. Reggie Smith up. He has struck out and grounded to short. batting left against Selbach and the pitch high pop up on a change up foul territory Cash chasing it over near the dugout and he's got it Norm Cash takes it right in front of the Red Sox dugout Smith is out two away Rico Petroselli getting the hand for the great stab of a line drive he made just moments ago and he saves two runs that's coming that's in there for a double, ordinarily. Possibly, anyway. It would not right down the line because Rico was going the other way, but he saved two runs there. All right, they're two down. Rico is fly deep to right and fly to left. Takes the curve, ball one. I'd like to thank uh, Litchfield Farm Shop, Middlebury, Connecticut, Ben Cornfell, president, for their contribution to the Jimmy Fund. Here is Selbach's delivery. Check swing, it's inside, ball two. Also, Leon Vinton, chief of police of Newport, New, Newport, Vermont. Robert Thompson of Chatham, Massachusetts. And Margarita McCaffrey of New York City for their contributions to the Jimmy Fund. Two and nothing, the count to Petroselli. Two out. Nobody on. Here it is, a curve ball called strike. Two and one, he curved him on two and oh. I'd like to thank the Student Nurses Association of Massachusetts, Nancy McKenzie, Secretary, for their Jimmy Fund contributions. Also, Sam Goldfarb of Portland, Maine. 2-1 pitch. Curveball hit on the ground to third. Easy play for Rodriguez. Fires across in time, and Selbach gets the Red Sox in order. 1-2-3 they go in the sixth inning. And after six complete, it's still 3-2 Boston. Some contradictions to the remarks made by Oregon track and field coach Bill Varman. Sprinter Wayne Matthews had decided not to stand at attention during the national anthem at Olympic awards ceremonies long before winning his gold medal in the 400-meter race. So said the Charlotte, North Carolina News Friday. Matthews and silver medal winner Wayne Collette slouched and chatted casually on the victory stand after their 1-2 finish in the 400 meters, bringing down a torrent of criticism and a ban from future Olympic competition. 
In a copyrighted story by reporter Joe Faust, who attended at Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte with Matthews, the news said Matthews told Faust that he had made his decision before he went to the Olympics in Munich. When a person stands at attention with hand over his heart during the national anthem, he is saying the flag is fair and just for all people who live under it, the story quoted Matthews is saying. A lot of people hypocritically stand at attention during the playing of the anthem, he said. However, I could not treat the situation in a like manner. I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody while I was on that stand, said Matthews. Okay, through six innings in a wild ball game here. Three runs, five hits, no errors for Boston. Two runs, seven hits, no errors for Detroit. And now K-Line is going to bat for Gates Brown. They'll push around the outfield like they did last night. With the left-hander going now, they have K-Line in there. And Al will uh, go into the game. They'll put Horton in left, I imagine, and K-Line will go to right field in the bottom of this inning. Here's the top of the seventh and Dave Martin. Thank you, Ned. K-Line, a right-hand hitter. And one of the great winters to wind up with a pitch to K-Line. A swing and he hits the foul ball up over the hoop strike one. K-Line's probably right now in his best physical condition and he's been in all year. Running well, fielding well, and uh, going well. Doing a good all-round job for the Tigers when he plays. Current batting average is 286. Ball outside. Count goes to one and one on K-Line. K-Line has six homers. He's driven in 24 runs. Nobody on or out. We're in the top of the seventh inning at Fenway Park. The pitch by Veal is check swing, strike three, strike two, rather. Count was one and one, and he tried to hold up on his swing, but the umpire waved strike two. He was well around on the pitch. K-line banked his 900th career base hit, career extra base hit, in the ninth inning last night when he doubled. 900th career extra base hit. Ball one, strike two. Here's the pitch. Fastball swing and a base hit to left field. Here's Evans up with the ball going to second base and K-Line has a sharp single in the left field. It's squarely between Petroselli and Aparicio. Leads it off the seventh inning with a hit off Veal and that's the first hit given up by Bob Veal as a member of the Red Sox. Veal has pitched, let's see, five and one-third innings as a member of the Red Sox. Four different ball games before giving up his first hit. The batter now is Willie Horton. He's been up three times and he has one hit. Incidentally, Keyline needs only four more extra base hits to tie Charlie Geringer for second place in the all-time Tiger list in extra base hits. Those are just club records. Here's the stretch by Beal now. Dan, the pitch to Horton. It's the ball outside, ball one. Red Sox have a right-hander warming up in the bullpen in right field. Bob Bullen. Ian Beal have given the Red Sox good bullpen strength going down the stretch drive. Showing up the major weakness that the Red Sox had uh, all year right up till the 1st of September. 
Bill Lee also warming up in the bullpen. The left-hander and the right-hander warming up. Here's the pitch to Horton, a swing and a foul. Back over the roof, and drops back up, back on the screen and down on the field. Foul ball, the count is ball one, strike one on Horton. Well, he came in tonight batting only 223. He has 11 homers and 33 runs batted in. Tigers have hit 111 home runs. Now 112 with Sims homer tonight. Red Sox have hit 116 home runs. Now 117 with Yastrzemski's tonight. The pitch is a ball. High and away to make it ball two strike one on Willie Horton. Red Sox have hit 65 home runs at Fenway Park this year. They've hit 52 on the road. Red Sox have hit now 22 home runs this month of September. They hit 22 all of August. Their best home run month this year was July with 27. 24 in June, 21 in May. Zero. Zip in April. There's a swing and a foul back of the plate. The count is ball two, strike two on Willie Horton. Two and two with a man on first base and nobody out. A three to two ball game. The Red Sox lead. Detroit batting in the top of the seventh inning. Two and two. Veal standing behind the mound, waiting for Horton to get up in the batter's box. Horton taking his time. Now they're both ready. Field brings his arms down to his waist. Here's the pitch to Horton. The ball high and outside again. A fastball to make it ball three, strike two. Field giving it all he's got out there. He's bearing down at every pitch. Tying run at first base with nobody out. Hitter and pitcher playing a cat and mouse game right now. They're making each other wait. Yankee-Cleveland game is now in the seventh inning. It's four to nothing for the Indians over the Yankees. This game is three to two. The Tigers have out hit the Red Sox eight to five, but the Red Sox lead in the run column three to two. Stretch again by Bob Beal. And here's the pitch. A swing and a miss. Strike three. Willie Horton strikes out. It gets a very tough man out of there. Pitch looked like it was a sinker. Good pitch by Bob Veal, and Willie Horton struck out. Veal, as you know, has spent his major league career in the National League, and this is the first time the Tigers have ever seen him in American League competition. They perhaps have seen him in spring training games. So he must be a bit strange to the Tigers. As for that matter, the Tigers are to him. Pitched out a Norm Cash, it's a ball outside, ball one. Veal has two strikeouts. McLaughlin went five and a third. He allowed seven hits, two runs. He walked four and he struck out three. The 
There's a slider outside of all the cash to make it two and all. Norm Cash has been up three times. He has fanned twice, and the other time up he drew a walk. Lefty against lefty right here. Cash usually doesn't hit left-handers too well. Here's the delivery. Strike call to the inside corner. Down is ball two and strike one. McAuliffe and Northrop, three left-hand hitters of the Tigers, are uh, notoriously weak against left-hand pitchers. Here's a swing and a ground ball to Griffin. He charges it. He tags the runner, throws the first out. Double play to retire the side. Good play by Griffin. Payline tried to elude the tag, but Griffin ran him down, really snapped him, ran him down, and then got a throw to first base. Didn't get too much on that throw. It kind of uh, shot put at the ball to first base, but got it there in time to complete the double play. From Griffin to Yuspensky. No runs and one hit. Nobody left in the middle of the seventh inning. The score is Boston three and the Tigers two. The State Office of Consumer Protection is investigating the College Football Hall of Fame, which allegedly has collected some $5 million over the past decade, but has yet to open the proposed hall. A spokesman for State Attorney General George F. Kugler, Jr. said the office's probe is based on a new statute dealing with fundraising activities of charitable organizations. The National Football Foundation, which was set up 23 years ago to solicit funds for the hall, recently purchased an East 80th Street townhouse in New York to house it, rescinding earlier plans to locate the hall in a Rutgers University site. Frank Dominic, chief of the Consumer Protection Office's Consumer Frauds Division, told Newsman, quote, we wanted to find out what happened to some $5 million supposed to have been collected in the past 20 years, unquote. The New Orleans Saints said that rookie center Bob Cruzeal of Pittsburgh is out for the year after tearing ligaments in his left knee in practice Monday, and Jack and Cannon broke the tip of his left thumb in practice with a taxi squad of the Cowboys. On the play that ended the top of the seventh inning, the base runner's job, of course, is to, at all costs, elude that tag. Kaline tried to do that, but he had gone just a little bit too far. Griffin, when he came up with a slow-bouncing ball, ran Kaline down. It took just a couple of steps to do that. He ran uh, toward first base and tagged Kaline. Then was in an awkward position to throw to first base to get the batter, but did manage to get a throw to his front feet, not much on it. But it got there just in the nick of time for the double play. Good play by uh, Griffin, and uh, you really have to give, uh, you have to fall K-line a bit on that play for not somehow getting out of the way of the tag. That's what the man is supposed to do. Here's Carlton Fisk, the leadoff now in the last half of the seventh inning. Here's the delivery to him by Selbach, a spike call. Serve in the outside corner, strike one. Much Fisk up there, he's been up twice and has one hit. He singled the lead off the second inning and then scored a run. The Red Sox are leading Detroit 3-2 to two in the last half of the seventh inning. Pitch by Selbach is a strike call. The slider that hit the outside corner. Same spot as the first pitch. The count is strike two on first. Zachary, the starting pitcher, went five innings, allowed three runs and five hits. One strikeout, no walks. Zachary retired the last eight batters he faced in a row. There's the lineup on the 0-2 pitch. Way outside, ball one, strike two. Tigers have Gates Brown in left field. 
Stanley in center, Horton in right. They're playing Fisk a little bit to the left and deep. Rodriguez playing third with Brinkman at short. Tony Taylor now at second and Norm Cash at first base. And the battery Selbach and Sims. Duke Sims behind the plate. Lined up by Selbach and a one-two. Swing and a foul back of the plate. And it's still ball one, strike two. That's the count on Fisk. Now he gets all set again. Swing and he hits a high foul fly ball off to the right. It's up in the crowd out of play. And it's still a one and two count on Fisk. White Evans on deck here in the last of the seventh inning. Selbach getting his sign again. Here's the one-two. It's swing and a miss. He tried to hold up on his swing, but he knew he was around on it. And Carlton Fisk goes down on strike. Perhaps the one-four on Fisk sitting is the fact that he still strikes out a lot. Here's Dwight Evans. He's been up twice without a hit. Fisk is now fanned 79 times this year. Second high on the third high on the Red Sox team. Tommy Harper has been the most times, 94. Then Petroselli, 81. The batter is Evans. Hitless in two trips. Zachary, the starting pitcher, retired the last eight men to face him, and now Selbach has retired four more men in a row. For the last 12 Red Sox batters have gone down in order. Swing and a miss on a fastball by Dwight Evans and a counter strike one. A swing by Dwight Evans and a fastball by Selbach. Strike one. Line up with the next pitch. Foul ball up on the screen out of play. Strike two on Evans. Idaho boy breaking in in great style here for the Red Sox. Eight for 17 going in tonight. Now he's eight for 19. Swing in the high fly ball into short left center. Stanley coming in. He's got plenty of time and room and grabs it three out. Started in short left center. That's the second out and it brings up Doug Griffin. 13 Red Sox now have gone down in order. Red Sox are leading in the game 3-2. Griffin singled in the second inning. And he bounced out to the pitcher in the fourth inning. He's 1-2. for two. Red Sox have made five hits. Tigers have made eight hits. Selbach winding up the pitch. to playing and he hits a pop fly foul off to the right. Strike one. Selbach has good control. He's staying ahead of the hitters, getting that first pitch in there, and usually the first two pitches in there. Strike one the count on Griffin. All set again. Here's the delivery. A swing and a ground ball to short. Brinkman has it on a big hop. 
Throws the catch out at first base to retire the tie. Short to first. Three up, three down. And now 14 Red Sox have gone down in order. Nothing across in the seventh inning. And after seven full innings, the score is still the Red Sox three and the Detroit Tigers two. Elsewhere, the Yankees are on the verge of dropping four and one-half games out in the Eastern Division of the American League. They trail the Cleveland Indians 4-1 to one after seven-fall. Steve Blassingame has relieved Steve Klein, or Wade Blassingame relieving Steve Klein in the seventh for New York, Gaylord Perry for Cleveland. After four-and-a-half, no score between the Angels and the Minnesota Twins. No score after an inning-and-a-half between Texas and Chicago. National League, the Braves leading San Diego 1-0 after six and one-half frames. After five-and-a-half innings, 4-2, the Mets over Philadelphia. Bill Robinson, a two-run homer for the Phillies. Jim Beecham, a solo shot for New York. And Bill Sudeikis, a three-run blast for the Mets. After four-and-a-half innings, 2-2 between Montreal and Pittsburgh. Ron Fairley, a solo blast for Montreal. And after three innings, the Reds lead Houston 3-1. Pete Rose has a home run for Houston, or for Cincinnati, that is. It came in the second inning with nobody aboard, his sixth of the year. And Rain has delayed the start of the game between the Cubs and the Cardinals in St. Louis. Let's go back to Fenway Park. Well, we've got a whale of a battle going tonight for first place in the American League's Eastern Division. Ready to go into the eighth inning, and it's a three to two ball game. The Red Sox with three runs and five hits. The Tigers two runs and eight hits. Neither team has made an error. Tigers with two more turns here, and here's Duke Sims to lead off in the eighth inning. And here is Ned Martin. All right, Dave. Sims has been a big figure in this one. He had a two-run homer in the sixth inning, giving the Tigers their two runs and bringing the game to within one. The Red Sox had had a three nothing lead. Sims rifled a McLaughlin pitch into the Red Sox bullpen with a man on. Cash, who had walked on a 3-2 pitch. A close walk, and it was a costly one for McLaughlin. Bob Veal pitching, and Sims taking it high and tight, ball one. Veal has worked an inning and two-thirds. Struck out two. Rick Miller is in center field now for the Red Sox, replacing Tommy Harper, a move often made by manager Casco. Miller in center field. Ground ball, base hit to right field as Sims hits the left-hander. So Duke Sims is two for three, and he starts the eighth inning off with a base hit. These Tigers keep putting the pressure on you. They've had a man on base in every inning in this ballgame. We'll have a station break. This is Red Sox baseball. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. We're back at Fenway Park, and Mickey Stanley is up for the Tigers, facing Bob Veal. Stanley, right-handed batter, is two for three tonight. They're looking for the bunt, and he tries to bunt and foul tips it, strike one. The Tigers have the tying run at first base here in the eighth inning. Stanley checks his third-base coach, Joe Schultz. Bob Bowen and Bill Lee in the Red Sox bullpen. Boy, this has been a nail-biter. And the biggest crowd of the year is here. Thirty-four thousand six hundred thirty-two, the largest crowd of the year. Tomorrow, Mickey Lolich will go for the Tigers and either Sonny Siebert or Mike Nagy for the Red Sox, depending on Siebert's ankle. That ankle has hurt the club quite a bit in this in this month. 
as Sonny has been unable to pitch and unable to start. And they've needed that dependable uh, right arm of his in there. Here is the stretch. Petroselli playing close. It's inside. Stanley was going to take a full cut at that, but he was straightened up by a fastball near the letters. One and one. Laren Legro, a left-hander, and Tom Timmerman, a right-hander, throwing in the bullpen for the Tigers. Well, they are two right-handers now. Legro is a right-hander. One ball, one strike. Here it is, and it's outside. Again, Stanley was going to take the full cut. He was not squaring away to bunt. The count is two and one. Two teams fighting for the top spot in the American League East. The Red Sox had hoped in this homestand against Baltimore and Detroit anyway to take five of the seven games. Well, they took uh, two out of three from Baltimore, but they've lost the first game to the Tigers. By and large, uh, they would want to sweep the next three, which is quite a large order. 2-1 pitch is outside, ball three, and Beal's in trouble. Three and one. Stanley has the count his way now. The on-deck hitter is Rodriguez. Tigers, a good hitting ball club, although they have a low percentage. The way they've hit against the Red Sox this year, I think they have a team batting average of about 300. 3-1 pitch. Ball four. Stanley's on the tying run. Moves into scoring position with nobody out. A single to Sims, a walk to Stanley, and deals in a mess. walk given up by Veal. Eddie Casco is walking out to the mound, and he wants the right-hander Bob Bolin right now. Well, Veal did the job they required of him for short man anyway. He came on and got two men out with the bases loaded in the sixth. Gave up a hit, but got the side out in the seventh with the aid of a double play. But here in the eighth inning, gave up a single to a left-handed batter, Duke Sims, the leadoff hitter in the inning, and has walked Mickey Stanley on a 3-1 pitch. So Veal leaves the game. He pitches an inning and two-thirds. Nobody out here in the eighth. He has given up two hits. No runs so far, but he's responsible for two base runners. He gets a hand, walked one and struck out two. He had a clutch strikeout when he struck out Frank Howard in the sixth inning with the bases loaded and one away. And then the great play by Petroselli on Taylor took him out of the inning. Gave up a single to K-Line in the seventh, but a double play uh, erased that later on. So, coming in from the bullpen, a veteran, Bob Bolin, who has not worked in a while, but has done a good job since coming back from Louisville and has been the best right-hander out of the bullpen for the Red Sox. Bolin has given up no runs in his last eight relief appearances. That goes back to June 3rd before he was sent to Louisville. He has a string, a scoreless string of 12 and two-thirds innings with nine strikeouts, two walks, and four hits. That includes five appearances since his recall on the 24th of August, just a month ago. Overall, his record is no wins, one loss, and three saves for the Red Sox this year with an earned run average of 3.08. He's pitched 26 and a third innings altogether in 17 games and has given up 20 hits. Nine earned runs, ten walks, and he has 24 strikeouts. Good fastball and a good hard slider. And throws that ball hard and has really been throwing it hard since he's been back the last month. 
So he comes on here in a tough spot. The Tigers have the tying run at second base, a person of Duke Sims. They have Stanley at first base, nobody out. At the top of the eighth inning, the Red Sox trying to hang on to a one-run lead. First man up to face Bowen will be Aurelio Rodriguez. Dangerous right-hand hitter in this ball game has made one hit and three times up. Rodriguez has good power. Has had uh, overall this year an off year for him at the plate, but he is plenty dangerous. He hits that long ball. Doesn't isn't a very big guy, but he has power. Brinkman due to hit after uh, after Rodriguez. That represents. Uh, somewhat less of a threat considerably than Rodriguez does. Tough man is right here, Rodriguez. Bob Bowen, all set to pitch now. That home run that uh, was given up by McLaughlin to Duke Sims is only the second home run that the Red Sox pitching staff has given up in something like 10 games. But it was a big one. Two runners by Duke Sims. Cleveland leads the Yankees 4-1 to after six, seven and a half innings at Cleveland. The Indians batting in the bottom of the eighth. Texas nothing, White Sox nothing after two. California, Minnesota scoreless after five. Bowling ready to pitch to Rodriguez. Runners at first and second. They're looking for the punt. Yaz is in on the grass. Here's the pitch. He's swinging, taking, rather, ball one. He was going to swing away. He was not punting that time. Joe Schultz now looks back into the dugout for another sign from the bench. Either Billy Martin or a decoy somewhere as to what is on now. A punt, take, swing, whatever. Runners at first and second. Nobody out and a real jam for Poland to get into. Tigers for the tying run at second, the lead run at first. Isremski still playing in at first base. Petroselli is a step back from third. And three steps off the line. Here's the pitch. Ball inside. Rodriguez standing there, taking it. And it's two and nothing. Bill Lee and Don Newhauser, left-hander, right-hander, in the bullpen now for Boston. Tigers have Legro and Timmerman in their bullpen. Right-handers. Two and nothing to Rodriguez. Brinkman on deck. Bolin throws. Slider for a strike. Taken. Two and one. In the National League, Atlanta leads San Diego one nothing after six and a half. And it's the Mets four, Philadelphia two after six. Pittsburgh three, Montreal two after five and a half. Cincinnati three, Houston one after four. Two balls, one strike to Rodriguez. Infield now at double play depth except for Yastrzemski. There's a line drive, base hit to left. One hopper to Evans, runner being held at third. Here comes the throw, cut off, and the bases are loaded. Rodriguez stings a single so hard to left field that they couldn't score anybody. Sims was held at third. He's not a fast runner, and there's no reason to send him because Evans took the ball on one hop and fired toward the plate. So now the mess is even bigger for Bowen as he's allowed a single to the first man to face him. That's been the trouble all year long with the bullpen. That first man and the second sometimes. The second here is Eddie Brinkman. He's grounded twice to shortstop and walked. 
Chapman coming up with three on, nobody out. The Tigers trailing by a run, but they really have a threat on now. And Jim Northrup has walked out on deck. On deck. He's kneeling on deck now and will bat for the pitcher. But right now, Brinkman's up. Bowling will work from the stretch position. Here it is. Ground ball. Stop to third base. The throw to the plate. One out. Beautiful play by Petroselli again. Petroselli, who saved a run or two. Brinkman hit a hot shot down the line, and it was backhanded on the ground by Petroselli going to one knee. He got up, and he threw to the plate. This tagged the runner just to make sure he, he doesn't know if he had the plate or not, so he tagged the runner coming in, which was Sims. So they have fourth a man at the plate for the play going five to two. What a play by Petroselli. He took it on the line and threw to the plate. And it was tagged. That was what happened. It was not a ground ball. It was a line drive. Runners at first and second now. There's a called strike on pinch hitter Jim Northrup. Northrup is batting for Selbach. The ball was caught in the air. That's what happened. At first, I thought he hit it on the ground, and he forced a man. That's why Fitz tagged the runner at the plate. They had him dead to right, so Fitz just tagged him, and it was a double play. Bowen throws. It's fouled off. Strike two. Rico Petroselli has saved four runs with his glove in this game. Two outs, runners at first and second. Oh, wait a minute. Let's get that straight. Now, Brinkman is at first base. It was on the ground. Now, Rico stepped on third and got that man in through the floor. That was what he did. I'm sorry. Here's a ball inside, one and two. The play went so fast that Rico was near the bag. He took it. And he stepped on third. That's what he did. And then he threw to the plate. That's why the tag play was made. So I blew that one. But uh, there's a double play anyway. And runners are at first and second. Didn't look like a line drive. But it turned into a double play as Rico stepped on the bag and threw home. Of course, that took off the course and Fisk had to tag him. Here it is. And there's a foul ball off the bat of Northrop. Two down here. Brinkman at first. Rodriguez at second. Stanley was out, 5-2, to two, and the runner at second base, or uh, Sims was out 5-2, to two, and the runner at second base, Stanley, was forced out by Petroselli as he stepped on the bag. So if you're scoring with us, that's five unassisted on Stanley and 5-2 to two on Sims. Petroselli has been... He can't play third base any better than what he's done tonight. One ball, two strikes. Here's the pitch, and it's fouled back. One ball, two strikes. 
was a hot shot. She was right near the line. And Rico luckily was guarding the line on Brinkman. And turned that play. Three double plays for the Red Sox tonight. Two of them have been started by Petroselli. And he's made another saving stab of a line drive. Here's the pitch. A little fly ball. It's going to be trouble. Here comes Miller. He's got it. Great catch by Rick Miller to end the inning. And the Tigers do not score. are doing in this game has been fabulous. Rick Miller came out of nowhere. That's why they put him in there. He folded into right center field, slid on his tailgate, and made the catch to end the eighth inning. The bases were loaded with nobody out. Poland came in, and with the aid of Petroselli, Fisk, and Miller, got out of the inning with no runs. No runs, two hits, and two left. And after seven and a half, it's 3-2 Red Sox. In Robinson, Illinois, Bob Minnie, finding his long shot, long lost putting game, fired a five under par 66 Friday at Crawford County Country Club to claim the second round lead in the Robinson Fall Golf Classic. The 32-34 round gave the 30-year-old four-year tourist a 36-old total of 136, six strokes under par for the 6,556-yard course and a two-stroke lead over Thursday's leader Greer Jones along with Larry Ziegler and Orville Moody. I played better yesterday, said many, but today I got a few putts. Until this week, I hadn't putted well for six months on the last 36 holes. However, I can't think of more than two or three times that I didn't stroke the ball solid. Many opened with a six-footer on number one, then from the fourth through the seventh holes, hold birdie putts of 35, 30, 12, and 8 feet. He missed the green for a bogey on the second hole and three-putted for another on the ninth. Updating the baseball scoreboard now after seven and one-half innings of play. The Indians still leading the New York Yankees 4-1. We've got a change of two for Detroit. Al Kaline remains in the game to play right field. Kaline came on to bat for Gates Brower. Kaline is in right. And uh, the left fielder, of course, is Willie Horton. And Laren Legrow is the pitcher, a right-hander. L-A-G-R-O-W, relieving Chuck Selbach, who worked two perfect innings in relief, retiring six batters and striking out one. Here's Legrow. Legrow is a right-hander. He was recalled by the Tigers from their Toledo Farm Club in early August. At Toledo, he had won eight and lost six with an ERA of 2.43. He's been in 13 games as a member of the Tigers with one loss charge to him. He has two saves to his credit, no victories. He's pitched 22 and a third innings and has given up four earned runs, 18 hits. He's given up uh, four walks and he has seven strikeouts. Legros earned run average is 1.64. A loss and two saves since joining the Tigers. A big, tall right-hander. Last the eighth inning now with a score, three to two in favor of the Red Sox. Boy, I tell you, the fielding in this series, or in this game, has been the best that we've seen in any one game this year by one team anyway. The Tigers have fielded well too. Nobody's made an error. But there have been outstanding plays by Petroselli, two of them. He also started a double play, which wasn't easy. Rick Miller just made a great catch. 
And it has really been something. First man up is Bolin, taking a ball inside that almost hit him. Laren Ledreau. Chuck fell back, left for a pinch hitter. Now the 1-0 delivery, and the pitch is popped up to the right side. Under it is Norm Cash at first base. He's got it. Wind blowing it a little bit. There's a strong wind now, very strong, blowing from left to right, and it's cold here. Here is Rick Miller getting a hand for his saving catch. He saved a runner, too, also. has done that several times this year. He saved a, a run or two off uh, Louis Dion in Chicago with a catch much like that, except he was playing right field then. And he just kept going. He ran that ball down and made the catcher put off the grass, sliding as he did so. Legros throws, fastball over, called strike. The Red Sox just stopped hitting after the home run by Yastrzemski in the third inning. They haven't had a hat to hit since. They only had five in the game. Everybody's been retired since then. There's strike two swinging. But they've been doing it in the field. Miller is hitting 213 with three homers and 14 runs batted in. On deck is Louis Aparicio. Miller batting him, of course, in Harper's spot. Legros winds and throws inside low, ball one. Well, I didn't mean to mislead you on that double play, but I really just didn't see Petroselli step on third. He dragged with the foot and fired home. There's a strike three swinging. And that's two away. And the Red Sox continue to go down in order. Well, two away this inning. And here's Aparicio. He had a bunch single in the first inning. Grounded out in the third and popped up in the fifth. The Tigers have had ten hits in the game, but the Red Sox are leading three to two. Grow a big right-hander. Fires, and Louis bounces one towards third, charged by Rodriguez. Strong throw to first in time by a step-and-a-half. Boy, what a rifle he has for an arm. Aparicio is out, and again the Red Sox go down in order. Let's see, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 17 batters in a row have been retired since Yastrzemski hit his home run. Nothing across in the eighth, and after eight innings of play, it's the Red Sox three, the Tigers two. The Soviet national team beat Team Canada 5-4 Friday in the opener of their four-game ice hockey series in the Soviet capital of Moscow. Team Canada was ahead 3-0 after the second period before the Russian team bounced back. The Russians now are ahead 3-1 with one tie in the eight-game series. The Kansas City Royals announced that next year's All-Star Baseball game will be played Tuesday night, July 24th. The place will be the Royals' new stadium in the Harry S. Truman Sports Complex, now nearing completion. It has a seating capacity of slightly more than 40,000. The Milwaukee Bucks said they are not interested in trading draft rights to American Basketball Association superstar Julius Irving, who has signed with Atlanta of the National Basketball Association. The New York Knicks have asked waivers on rookie guards Hayward Dotson from Columbia and Ken Mayfield from Tuskegee, reducing their National Basketball Association roster to 15. Let's go back to Fenway Park. 
Well, here we go to the top of the ninth inning. The Red Sox holding on to a squeaky 3-2 lead. They got a run in the first, one in the second, one in the third. They have not had a hit since you got that homer in the third. 17 men have been retired by Tiger pitching. Duke Sims, meanwhile, has hit a two-run homer for the Tigers. And the Red Sox in the field have been acting like Merlin the Magician. Petroselli has played the bag right off the field at third. Rick Miller made a saving catch. Three double plays for the Red Sox. And here we go to the top of the ninth. Tony Taylor, leadoff batter, who came into the game as a pinch hitter in the sixth and stayed in to play second base, is up. He lined a shot that Petroselli grabbed one inch or so off the ground with the bases loaded. That ended the inning. Uh, pitcher was Bob Veal then. Poland throws, strike call, slider. Taylor's a good hitter. Nothing in one. Wind blowing stiffly left to right. The pitch by Poland is hit high in the air, foul, first base side. I don't know if Jazz has room for it. Nope, it's into the stands. Out of play, bounces on the runway and back to the field. Two strikes to Taylor. Thanks to Larry Sullivan of Sullivan Cafe in Groton, Connecticut. Made their annual contribution to the Jimmy Fund. The Duxbury Police and Fire Departments also. Our thanks to the banks throughout New England for displaying the Jimmy Fund wishing wells. Appreciated if you would empty the barrels and forward a check to the Jimmy Fund, Boston, Massachusetts, 02117. Two strikes to Taylor. The windup and the pitch. Strike three. Swinging. He loses his bat. But the ball rests in fifth glove. One out. We'll pause here for another station break. This is Red Sox Baseball. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Near Fort Yeston, the Canal Zone, this is the Southern Command Radio Network. Al Kaline is the batter. Kaline had a single as he came on for Gates Brown in the seventh inning. He stayed in the game to play right field, and Horton moved to left. Kaline one for one. Bolin fires. Swing and a foul ball back. He took a vicious cut at that one. Tough to hit one deep to left to get it anywhere now with that wind. Blowing toward right. From first toward third. From the left field foul pole to the right field stand. Whistling smoke over the field. From the stands. Here's the one strike pitch to K-line. And it is fouled back to the screen. Down is 0-2. Bill Lee working in the Red Sox bullpen. No balls, two strikes. Nothing in two, one out. Now the pitch. A chopper taken by Bowen, underhands at the first, two away. This was a slider that Kaline did not get good wood on, and he just tapped it. Bowen went off to his left, ran halfway to first base, and threw it to Yastrzemski. Two down in the Tiger Knights. And Willie Horton is up. 
He has singled, grounded out, and struck out twice. Tigers down to their last out. The Red Sox one out away from holding first place and going a game ahead of the Tigers. Here it is. A long drive deep to the center field, but Miller is right there. He's under it. He's got it. The ball game's over, and the Red Sox win it by the score of 3-2. to two. Oh, what a ball game we've had here tonight. In the ninth inning for the Tigers, nothing across. No runs, no hits, no errors. Bob Cole and Rick Miller, everybody getting mobbed out there as they walk to the dugout victorious. Final score, Red Sox 3, the Tigers 2. We'll wrap it up in a moment. In Atlanta, the wife of Tom Payne, an Atlanta Hawks basketball player on trial for rape, became so incensed at the testimony of one of the alleged victims Thursday that she hit her in the head with her purse. She's lying, Mrs. Payne shouted. She knows she's lying. Then, as the witness stepped down from the stand, Mrs. Payne banged away with her purse, articles from the bag spilling on the courtroom floor. Don't you put handcuffs on my wife, the seven-foot-two Payne told a policeman who sought to quiet Mrs. Payne. The incident caused a ten-minute recess in the trial. Superior Court Judge Sam Phillips McKenzie was expected to decide Friday whether to hold Mrs. Payne in contempt. The merger between the American and National Basketball Associations would be destroyed by a bill pending in the U.S. Senate. So said Walter Kennedy, the commissioner of the NBA Thursday. Kennedy said amendments in the merger legislation were unacceptable to both the NBA and the ABA owners. Let's go back now to Fenway Park for the wrap-up in Denmark. Well, the largest crowd of the year saw maybe the best ball game of the year from a lot of standpoints. When you have great fielding plays like they had in this one, it constitutes an exciting game. And, of course, a one-run ball game with, uh, at any time, the Tigers threatening to go ahead. And they did threaten they did in only one inning did they not get a man on base. And that was the night when Bob Boland chalked up his fourth save and got the side in order. Heroes all over the place tonight, but first the totals. For the Red Sox, three runs, five hits, no errors, two left. For the Tigers, two runs, ten hits, no errors, and ten men left on base. The winning pitcher was Lynn McLaughlin, who went through five strong innings and then ran out of gas completely in the sixth. But he was bailed out at that time by Bob Veal and Enrico Petroselli for one play. Then Veal got in trouble and was bailed out by Bob Boland, Enrico Petroselli, who engineered that double play that really saved the game in the eighth inning. He also saved the game with a stab of a line drive off Frank Howard's bat in the sixth with the bases loaded and two outs. Petroselli started two, two of the three Red Sox double plays and played third base like it hasn't been played here in Fenway Park in many years since Frank Malzone left the ball club. The winning pitcher, McLaughlin, eight and six, a save for Bowen, his fourth. The losing pitcher, Zachary, he is one and one. Selbach pitched well in relief, and Legro pitched an inning of scoreless baseball. There was a home run by Duke Sims for the Tigers, and that was a big one because it brought the Tigers within a run, making it three to two, but that's the way it stands. Good. Kyle Yastrzemski had a home run his ninth of the year and came in the third, and it proved to be the leading run of the winning run of the ball game at that time. That time it was three nothing, but the Tigers came back and scored their two in the sixth, and they sent eight men to the plate as Rico's saving stab of Howard's liner or uh, of uh, Tony Taylor's liner to save that inning and then of course start that double play which uh, 
I didn't describe too well in the eighth inning, but he got it. And uh, regardless of how it was described, Petroselli did it. And he and Rick Miller made a Miller made a great catch of a Northrop fly ball with the bases loaded in the eighth inning to end the inning, sliding on his tailgate out in center field. And all in all, it was quite a night.